<laughs> they ain't ever gonna see this one coming. Let me tell you. What the f is going on down there? Alright, that's all I need. I just need I need gelatin. Gelatin, I'm good. Uh, get me a, a gelatinous state and I can end this dungeon quest. Hello everyone, welcome to WTF TFW episode 567. Uh, the odd number rotating uh, chair continues and none of y'all are going to have guessed this. I know you're all sitting there like, ah, oh, who's he bringing in this time? Well, uh, uh, maybe y'all should uh, calm down a little bit because I brought in only the biggest surprise for 567 I could have possibly brought in. The even-numbered podcast hosts of WTF TFW, a Transformers podcast. Hello, TJ. Welcome to the odd-numbered uh, episode 567. I feel dirty here. Uh, well, you're not as dirty uh, as Aaron, who's got some of that odd-number funk on him ever since years ago. <laughs> no, yeah, you just kind of get used to the smell. Uh, well, welcome to the rotating chair. Let me let me let the audience in on, on our logic here. Basically, uh, we're doing a whole bunch of listener question cleanup. Uh, I still have some left over, but this is cleaning up all the ones that were sitting in the dock that are not, that I cleaned out. Then I went and looked at my last like month and a half of PMs to put those ones in. Uh, we're also doing this because we're all about to go to conventions. Uh, Aaron and I are TF conning. TJ is Metro conning. Mm -hmm. And it makes the most sense for us to record the next numbered episode at, at TF con where two of us are. So this just makes more sense, I think. Uh also, hey, um, TJ, I'll start with you. How's convention prep going over yonder? I'm running around in a panic. Hey, me Even. too. No, I, I thought. I thought. Okay, I've. You know what? I've done this so many times. I've got this on lock. You know, all of my camera equipment's just been in the same bag. Like all my travel equipment, all my big camcorders, just been in the same spot, and I haven't. Everything's just right where I left it. So I just pick it up and go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got a $250 memory card that went missing. Oh, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they do that. Yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll, t I'll tell you this. Like, I have... Is that pills? Every, every <laughs> other size you could imagine. Okay. I thought that was like, don't worry. I got... <laughs> Drugs will fix no. this problem. <laughs> no. <laughs> Remember the, remember the season one Star Trek episode where everyone's drunk and there's just this guy on the floor like, like shuffling yeah, TNG, isolating chips. Isolating your chips, yeah. Yeah. In engineering. yeah. That that's me. That's me and SD cards right now, but none of them is the one that get, makes the ship go. Oh man, I've gone through that with SD cards a hundred percent. Where I know this is a slightly different affair, but I knew I filmed something on one of them. And then I'm like digging through, and it's not just I filmed on one of them on a camera. This was between three different cameras, so there's like multiple different file structures showing up. And I'm just like, good, good, <laughs> I'll sort it out. Uh, well, at least at least we're we're all on a similar page here. Aaron, uh, you're also um, oddly not for convention prep, but more waiting to get to start convention prep in a similar tizzy. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm halfway done, and then we're recording stuff, and then really late, I'm gonna put together the rest of the stuff that I need to go to the convention with. Yeah, and then drive and, in the morning. And then drive early in the morning. <laughs> and, and go uh, the slightly longer way to get up there because it has the better money exchanger and smoother uh, uh, customs path than Detroit does. 
And then, and then over here, uh, I'm trying to scramble to get a panel uh, created and then discovering I also got to get another slide made for another panel uh, while also bashing through podcast edits and trying to get a video made uh, so that I'm not thinking about it while I'm there. And also figuring out how to carry all my cards, etc. Do I bring uh, X, Y, and Z? How am I going to film panels while I'm there in a way that works? Uh, I got the impression that uh, I can't just um, lean on my favorite human crutch, uh, Jeremy from Transmissions. It sounds like he's not making it. So we also got to figure out how to record those podcast roundtables. But it'll all be good. We got it set. We've done it before, so clearly it'll be easy. TJ, that's Mm -hmm. how it works, right? If it's happened once, it's simple. Just pick up the bag and go. Anyway. I'm just going to go cry now. Before we... Why do you think I keep hitting mute? Before we do our list of questions, I want to quickly... We're going to talk about what we got this week, because that's just Transformers toys. We can do that. We've done that before. So, uh, on topic, what we got this week, section time. TJ, have you actually, amidst all this... Have you also picked up any Transformers lately? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have. All right. So uh, I think I'll keep it to the interesting ones. We will save uh, the ones everyone's already heard about until uh, a later date. Mm-hmm. But uh, somewhere around four in the morning, Walmart.com decided to just start selling refractors. Okay. Mm-hmm. So three of those are on my desk. Uh, yep. Aaron, I believe you're in the same club. Due to TJ pointing it out to me. All right. So uh, we've got a total of six refractors across the podcast. Uh, DJ, let me just ask you, because um, obviously the big thing to talk about is having three of them. But how is he when he's just when it's just one? Um, as just one, he's like, like, he's he's OK by himself. Like he's got one of those vehicle modes that is very dependent on the accessories. Like you lose his shield. It doesn't really look like a ship anymore. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just like a so. stick. Yeah, yeah. His, his alt mode is very much like Soundwave in that it's like a space plank. Uh, well, Soundwave's got those thruster sculptings that I think really help. Well, I mean, I'm also yeah. a proponent of Soundwave, so. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, TJ, just just bouncing off you still. Uh, what are, what are your what are your opening thoughts on the refractors? Uh, my my opening thoughts are yes, the vehicle mode is serviceable, but you know, just kind of haphazard. But you know. It I I because of it because it's refractor I kind of view that as just a uh, as as a side effect of what he's really supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the help and of that's it being does, cannon fodder. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like as that, he actually does pretty well. Like what got me was uh, he's completely clean of any of the battle damage paint. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So if you want him in with your classics, he fits right in too. Someone else was, uh, Prowl was completely clean, I recently read. Oh, yeah. Uh, a little spoiler, I mean, I just picked him up, and then I didn't notice it, and I went to look at TF Wiki to see how many versions of him are coming out, and they're like, Prowl has no battle damage paint. I was like, what? And I looked at it, and I was like, huh. huh. Well, I mean, they, <laughs> they, they couldn't splatter up his legs, because it would look really weird in the vehicle mode. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like maybe they did that on Soundwave and then looked at the end result and by the next wave were like, maybe let's stop doing that. That's just that Prowl's fastidious. He's always just going through the car wash. You know, he's major Prowl, so he's not even getting yeah. ankle deep in that stuff. Yeah, but ref- that's what ref- the the other schlubs are for. Refractor, though, being clean is interesting. I wonder if it's mm-hmm. also because of that camera mode. It's like, 
It would be all, I mean, cameras get scuffed, but it would be weird. Yeah, like it's it's absolutely because of the camera mode. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that that itself is exceptionally nice. Like, mm-hmm. like I I have I didn't th- like given how simple his standard vehicle mode was. I'm having way more fun transforming and putting them all together than I thought I would have. Well, seeing the way that like because uh, I've seen a two out of three refractor and seeing that kind of curvy way the front lens comes together even. It, it seems like there's just some fun puzzle satisfaction to that. Yes, there is for sure. Uh, well, I was, I'm positing these as though I'm interviewing you as the only two who have refractor in the mm-hmm. world. But <laughs> uh, TJ, it sounds like you're digging that trio. Yeah, I, I'm digging the trio a lot. Like Reflector was one of my like, I don't know why as a kid I liked Reflector. Like I finally boiled it down to the scene where he's trying to fight Skyfire by forming a running human pyramid. <laughs> I forgot about that. Like, you know what? They thought that would work, and I respect them for that. Yeah, that's some proper Mook Squad type stuff. Yeah. So, like, I've been, I've been kind of annoyed that they have gone so long without a new toy. But this is this is one of those worth the wait kind of moments because they they did an outstanding job on them. And so quickly after that kind of uh, that almost like I guess this is it moment of the. Uh, the almost officially released uh, in retail uh, Legends ones uh, out of the, the Combiner Wars Shockwave. You know, well, the ones that came um, out of that last BotCon. Well, we had we had the uh, the reveal of the Shield Perceptor that was supposed to be redone. Oh, that one too. Yeah. Reflector. Yeah. Uh, when we got the we got the one that was essentially just a Target Master. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. That was Reflector. I always forget that that one exists. And I've seen somebody use that to good effect as a flash. Oh, oh that's yeah. a good idea. I was curious if you took, like, a siege, you know, triple siege reflector, put little reflector on, then attach the botcon reflectors on as well. Like, how crazy you could get with that. Like a super space gun. That's actually, that's actually probably doable. Yeah, like, I mean, there's enough thanks, ports, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, thanks to all the combat pegs and posts, like, it's pretty easy to cobble together, like, one solid vehicle out of all three. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some omni-reflector stuff whenever I get mine. Um, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna pop over Aaron, uh, someone who also got the triple reflector. I heard a lot of mm-hmm, so it sounds like you're, you're much on the same wavelength here. Yeah, the only thing, as I grab mine off the floor... Uh, the only, the thing, only thing about mine is I, I like it, but I also threw it on the floor. I, I kind of <laughs> wish that their um, like their chest thing, um, that the circular bit that comes off, that that was a different size peg because you can kind of make it so that your rightmost bot that would be where your like um, lens actuator would be. If you could put it in where their foot pegs are that's further up, I think that would feel more like an actual camera. But the peg mm. hole is like four millimeters, not five, so it doesn't peg in. So you have to put it on their next slot, which brings that pretty far back. Uh, that peg hole, is that used for anything else specifically? So those are uh, those are the five millimeter pegs around the bottom of the foot. So if you want to have him stand on any weaponizers or anything like that, I'm just wondering if someone was like just made like a little ring you put in there to turn it into a four yeah, mil you, hole. You could, would... and it's yeah. definitely something with the way that it's laid out and it has plenty of locations. Um, I am sure that there is going to be some sort of gift set three pack thing 
and I could see additional pieces being added into that that like are a flash module or a or a viewfinder type thing because you can kind of kick the center one's feet up to give it a little bit more of like the the viewfinder arc on it um there's definitely things that you could do with the three of them um by adding accessories on and around it to it it bears mentioning by the way that there there was a rumor list that popped up on dime shock's facebook page that included uh that idea the thing is it had no citation and no pictures it was just a bullet point list of cool ideas so i didn't feel it was really worth discussing yeah Um, that that's unfortunately one of those things that's a step or two far enough out of what could be and i think it's i think it's one of those things that like you can look at this and say well yes of course somebody somewhere is looking at a gift set of the three of them because why wouldn't you yeah um well aaron would you be down for a gift set of the three of them in like toy colors i i think a gift set of the three of them in toy colors with their individual like color highlights on them and especially if it had added features added you know the flash or something like that on top of it yeah would go a pretty long way to making a uh gift set thing of thing i already bought much much uh better and uh and not nearly as bad feels well, TJ, um, as much as you're enjoying them, would you be down for, like, a rebuy in, like, different colors as a gift set? I'm not actually sure. I think it would depend on how much they change them up and how much extra they came with. Yeah. If, it, I don't, if I, it was a straight recolor, it'd be, probably be a no. If it was yeah. uh, add things, I think that's the tipping point. Yeah. It's like, I don't have as much nostalgia for the reflector, the toy, because, you know, of course, most kids didn't get it. Yeah, <laughs> back then because it was just it's such a convoluted way of getting it. It came out so late, but yeah, you know, like just three reflectors and that purple and green. That's what I've been after. So I'm for now. I think I'm completely satisfied. I'm I'm pretty excited about it because I also just like that robot mode for various cartoon reasons. You know, also how it was kind of a filler background body and mm-hmm. getting that Make Toys remaster version for me was a, a big moment because I, th- I felt like they they were the ones who actually really hit that feel in the robot mode on a masterpiece scale. So uh, getting that in in deluxe form with uh, you know Siege's propensity for for things like I, I believe ankle tilts on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm down for that. Um, TJ, was there uh, anything else you want to throw in about refractors, or uh, anything else you picked up? This I, week? I I don't think I need to say much more on refractor. He's delightful. Yeah. Um, but uh, since Walmart put him up as well, I have a brunt as well now. And uh... is he is he a thing? Is brunt a thing? He's it's definitely a thing. Yeah, everything's a thing. It's true. Just that Aaron's Aaron's brunt report uh, was interesting, but it was also like confirming a few things that made me kind of feel like, huh. Six got it still superior. I mean, I think you got. I think you have, you have created some personal biases in that sense. Shut up. Six gun is still superior. I you mean, don't know I, what you're talking about. I agree with them because I'll six bring gun... up brunt and eighteen gun, and you can decide which one is better. Well, the thing is that that's not fair. That's three six guns. That's uh, that's not what I'm. If I'm buying, if it's a one to one comparison, I'm not getting unless you can hook me up to get three six guns for the price of one. I'm like pointing at the monitor while I'm saying this. Uh, you just don't understand the greatness. 
I, I don't. I haven't, I haven't found one yet. I don't understand the greatness. I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. Okay. Well, well. aside from our, our mm, six-gun evangelist over there, TJ, uh, Brunt, uh, were, were you, do you think he hit your expectations? I mean, for a weaponizer, yeah. He he hit expectations. Um, I commend Hasbro in the efforts they put in trying to make it seem like he transforms more than he does. That's the you part that's just, yeah. You, you read the instructions. You read the instructions, and there's transformation steps in it besides take off, put somewhere else. Like, things move and shift and twist and all that, but none of it is really all that substantial. Yeah. You know, it it almost feels like just the illusion of a transformation. Is it is it stuff like like transformation step is rotate thigh swivel that kind of thing? Yeah, things like that. It's yeah, a little bit. Yeah, collapse arm. Yeah, like interact with existing articulation kind mm-hmm. of stuff. <laughs> and and some of it on brunt as memory serves is like we're going to do this thing that really you could kind of show in one step of like collapse and turn as collapse 25 percent turn 25 percent collapse 50 percent just like you you can just go skush whoop and now he's over 15 steps yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh but tj are you fe- are you feeling it that that vehicle mode the weaponizer gimmick on him uh well the vehicle mode i'm feeling mm-hmm. it's like this this is uh now, this is the one we got in so far where only a vehicle existed and the robot mode had to be cobbled together. So, uh, I I, I, li- I like that big purple tank from Trypticon. Yeah. That is neat. Mm-hmm. And as a weaponizer, he does have some really good parts to him. Like, just these ma- like just having these massive cannons for him is helpful for a lot of interesting builds. I, I imagine his being purple also really helps uh, bulk onto the existing bulk you can put onto Shockwave. Like, it's not the same well, purple, but... Yeah, well, you know, it's a... It's it's the Decepticon color, so, you know, there's quite a few toys that it would, that would mesh well with. Yeah. I'm, I'm just into the idea of, like, adding even more to Shockwave. Um, I'm a little biased because I have pulled Super Rare Shockwave in the TCG, who is literally that Shockwave. Mm-hmm. And I was able to trade into three copies of his upgrade, which is all that stuff you put onto him. So I have a lot of good feelings for Seed Shockwave right now. Let me tell you. <laughs> so I want to put Brunt on him too. Uh, especially if we get Brunt in the TCG, then I want to put Brunt on him in the TCG and in real life. Ooh, Brunt would probably be the SRT uh, weaponizer out of Wave Four. Yeah, since Six Gun already has the character. That's right. Um, but yeah, it, it sounds like Brunt is is not bad. It's just it's, it seems like Refractor is a lot more exciting. Which is ironic, considering how little he did in the original show. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, he, he's a he's a very basic little bot, but boy, he's plucky. It's like here's a, a guy who turns into a stick, and if you have three of them, they make a rectangle. And then Brunt is like, here's a never before seen robot mode for Trypticon's tank, and it's like, yeah, but Refractor. <laughs> sticks and sticks and bricks yeah are look, exciting look, dude look like like 30 plus years anticipation like you're not gonna win yeah yeah unfortunately brunt we didn't know you were in there that whole time we, <laughs> we thought the tank was just you and we were satisfied Ooh, that sounded more harsh than i thought that mm-hmm. was gonna sound oof <laughs> oof <laughs> uh tj anything else you want to bring up on topic uh one more 
for this episode. Uh, I have a Springer. Hey! Hey! Did you have to use the video instructions for him? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't think I did. All right. I, I seen, but, I've seen a few other people struggling with getting stuff to lock together, and I was thinking about how Aaron was mentioning that with the, the video helping mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, it's the legs. The legs are a little bit difficult. And, okay, the legs and the transformation on the chest, because things have to be at very specific angles. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you figure him out, and he's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to find He's He's one I'm even, like, if, if he's not marked up hardcore this weekend, if I see one for, like, 40 or under, I might. Probably won't, but I might. Canadian or under, I should clarify. But uh, yeah, is he is he is he hitting cylinders? Would you say he's he's a pretty good get? Uh, I mean, I've seen the comparison. I feel like it's a weird comparison. But do you feel like he he stands up next to twenty uh, thirteen Springer? I mean, it is a weird comparison because you're talking mm-hmm. to completely different design aesthetics. Yeah, and two two different goals with the various vehicles. You know, because. Okay, you you got a really nice Springer from the 2013 release, and then this one is just like straight up doofy looking vehicle G1 Springer. Yeah, yeah. Like there's Which, way less clever. It, it's going not on. trying to <laughs> pretend to be a car. It's whatever the like fist with wheels kind of thing. It's a truck. Yeah. I'm sorry, TCG people. It's a truck, and that tag is correct. And it's, sorry, that's that's a. That's something else. That's, <laughs> that was a topic a, a couple months ago. Um, but uh, no, that's exciting. I, I really want to... I, I hope I at least get to handle a Springer at TFCon. I'm sure I will. Here, hold uh, on. I'll take something from my desk and put it on the pile of stuff what to bring north. Oh, Aaron's helping. <laughs> so I can leave it in the car. Oh, oh that's weird. <laughs> um, TJ, uh is there anything about him that's uh, like it sounds like if there was a con on that guy it is that he's just it sounds like he's very finicky as far as his angles and stuff i mean it's not as much finicky as it is you just you have to know when to stop collapsing things and call it the position yeah because mm-hmm. he does have a lot of things that it feels like i'm not necessarily sure it needed to collapse that far in but you can figure it out. You can you can remember. Okay, that folds. That doesn't fold, and it locks there. That, okay, that's that's the helicopter. Yeah, you know, it it just it just takes some doing. I mean, there are folks who have really wanted to have a bit more puzzle play in the main line. I guess that is going to be satisfying as well for for people who've been you know waiting for something that's a, that's a bit more of a concentrator. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm big on tactile feedback, so I'm hoping that I'm hoping that I, I detect some of what I want to detect. Uh, in that one, if I don't, I'll 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 blame Aaron because it's his. I'll complain to him. Like, why didn't you make this different? Yeah. Uh, uh, thanks. No worries. Good work on that toy, by the way. Because <laughs> it's a helicopter. That's why. Just wait Get to it? see my residuals check. Yeah. Um. All right. So it sounds like he's satisfying, and that's a satisfying haul after what feels like just a long drought for all of us. Hmm. Um. You got, what is it? You basically got a big Wave 3 hookup. I, I got a Wave 3 hookup. I did go back a little bit, but um, I'm not anticipating any Transformers for a while, so we'll leave it till the next time. Sounds good. 
Aaron, I know you got something else that you want to yeah, talk about. That's why I, I been, did. That's why I've been holding you off for a bit. So why don't you just let us know what you got in the mail today? I, I, I actually, it was a couple of days ago. Oh, uh, oh, oh sorry. I, I've right. had it for a bit. I just haven't had the time to be like social mediaing with work and stuff. But yeah. I got the big boy. I got Jetfire. And um, holy cow, this is the nearest I'd say I've seen to like a Hasbro competitor to third party. Some of the fun, uh, oddbally stuff that we haven't seen out of Hasbro for a while. I mean, even um, at Toy Fair when we saw that whole open the hand and the the peg hole yeah, goes away, like that, that was that is that is such <laughs> that is such a keen trick that uh Jetfire does. Um I I may have sat there for quite a while and actuated those back and forth just to 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 enjoy how smooth that action is. Um, I want to see a clear variant just so I can see all the little gears or, or pulleys or whatever. Just, just all the all the gizmos running inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh very beefy uh my biggest issue with the instructions is that mine didn't come with any Maybe they found out about you, yeah, and they were like, "You know what? Oh, it, oh it's this guy. <laughs> you know, just don't put him in. Screw him. Screw him. Don't put him in. <laughs> He'll um, appreciate him when he doesn't have him. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was. There's not a ton of mystery in how he transforms. Um, it's it's very much, you know, it's it's very clear where things go mm. and where they come from. Um, the Things that were more a surprise to me is that there is space for uh, three headmasters to have individual cockpits. Oh, I mean, we, we kind of knew about that front one, but where else yeah. are there? So in the, the jet pod, the red pod that's on top of it, when you crack the back open for how you'd collapse it up, there's space in there. I've not actually done it with a headmaster, so hold on while I grab a... Uh, one from here and get get out of there. Um, but I am pretty sure we're doing it live. Yeah, um, we are. That when you crack that back, get get off of their weapons pod thing. The the way that all the accessories combine into a big weapons pod also pretty cool. Um, That's something I gotta. I got. It seems like something that is way more interesting and cool in person than in the photos that they've had go up. So yes, there is definitely space. So there is a a blue windshield that has space that fits a headmaster in it just fine. Man. It it has has a left hand and a right hand. And then getting it out's a little bit difficult because it's like tuck tucked up underneath it, but it's it's something that as I was sitting there transforming them once was like, hey, that is that looks very much like a purposeful thing, not just a we're leaving plastic blank here because there's not like the only kind of bummer thing on like plastic slash toy fill yeah. is that he doesn't have a covering for the bottom of his jet. Like you, you hold him upside down and look at his belly and it's very much like a big open area yeah, where there's no no thing that closes that up. But. Well, um, given that he's like kind of a first of his kind, technically for you know a technically new price point, um, how did uh, how did build quality turn out on him? Like, does he does he oh, feel build build quality is very good. He all right. He feels hefty in hand. Um, 
because there i mean there is a lot of plastic here there's a lot of good good stable joints and clicky like like not quite ratcheting joints but like solidly detented joints if that makes sense yeah yeah it's like it's like up there on the gradient um like i i dig the so he has like four different handles in his jet mode yeah that, the... you know they showed off like hey this this way that he can deploy guys in well the two further back ones have a neat thing where he has like side panel skirt armor that you slide down and then you can rotate the handle out versus the ones that are where his wrists are that they actually fill in the like forearm block they're just like basically always deployed Hmm. There's no way to tuck them away a ton with the other ones. They're just, they look like almost like panel lining on his crotch armor until you pop it out and then boom, there it is. Oh, that's cool. I, I'm, I'm actually, that makes those front ones, I think more disappointing. Like if you'd like to see yeah, a really it, cool hideaway for the other two. It it feels like there might have been a time where, as I was putting it back down, um, where those might have done something additional. Yeah. Um, but maybe it was just pulled out because, hey, they're, that's going to require like seven or eight more pieces of work. And everything, everything as I've sat there and played with him definitely feels like this is a jet fire that was made to swoosh through the air with a kid holding them. Not oh, like yeah. a, not like a shelf. Like, oh, this is my jet fire where finally Hasbro gets to make one because Harmony Gold got. Well, we, we don't need to talk about uh, yeah i know that, i know there's there's other things that have happened in that in, parasite in the last... entity harmony gold we, we, we don't... it's okay it's okay it's okay sorry i activated you on that I, one, I could talk about them if you want oh, i i know we don't need to we don't I, they i've got to go to bed Robotech. at some point in time i like go to bed i like at some Robotech. point in time i got a pack it's hard we... to yeah they have uh, but, they got they, they renewed their deal with Tatsunoko for another like yeah. freaking 35, 35 years yeah it's freaking everybody's the whole internet's disappointed and angry they're gonna. Don't worry. Robotech's gonna be the next Harry Potter. Yeah. When they make the live action movie that they have been trying to make for the last eight years mm-hmm. under two different yep. studios. Yep. We're yep. We're, we're, we're Robotech podcast. It was here. worth it. It was worth it. Scum sucking parasite entity. That's what that company is. Real estate. So Jetfire. Uh, yeah. Is a counterbalance okay. to all that. Very enjoyable. I, 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 I was. I had to step away for a second. Why do I feel so nauseous? Oh, someone said Harmony Gold. Sorry. I gotta step away again. I should have mentioned that. Um, So this this counterbalance to, to, say, a hypothetical scum-sucking parasite uh, realtor company, Mm -hmm. uh, Jetfire, it sounds like he's, he is, like, he is, he big, he swooshable. He he big, he swooshable, he uh, was very much a surprise when Hasbro Pulse was like, yo, we're charging your card and there's stuff on the way. And I had to sit there and figure out what what Pulse was talking about because I hadn't ordered anything <laughs> from them for a while. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, uh, I may have to <clears throat> go home <clears throat> sick so that this package doesn't uh, also get sick on my porch by itself. Yeah, got to um, make sure it doesn't uh, catch cold. But yeah, it was uh, if you've got the opportunity to pick it up on Pulse, especially if you're one of the people that have uh, free shipping because you ordered with them early. I would uh, definitely go for it. It's big enough that I could see, like, you're probably going to have to go f- for Pulse or some 
specialty toy store style situation. I don't see, I don't see Target stocking this except for maybe at Christmas when they're trying to sell bigger toys. But then again, it's a one-off thing in a big size. I don't know how well it's going to actually stock. So, heh. I'd, I'd be salty about your you guys already getting those off Pulse, except like I mentioned before, I got mine twenty five percent off on Amazon Canada. Yeah. So uh, it's just that one says it's arriving sometime after the first week of August right now. Okay. Who knows? Maybe they're gets gonna waiting to get theirs from Pulse, and then <laughs> it'll be all good. Uh, that's cool. Uh, I'm happy that thing sounds like it turned out well. Uh, I've seen a lot of other people talking about it who don't always participate in mainline Transformers anymore, and it seems like generally everyone's like, you know what? He, he, no matter what my cons are, he big and he work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that seems really cool. Yeah, he he was definitely a thing when I put the pre-order down that I was concerned that, like, you know, the whatever that was, the New York Toy Fair stuff looked really good, and, like, yeah, I'm relatively trusting that that's a sort of at least as it was shown to us as a thing that would be kind of hard to to fake a ton of yeah and my, my main worry was just with it being an even though obviously like price points don't really mean this it being a very new price point i was just like on a production level i hope nothing goes wrong yeah you know and and it was my concern because you know it's approaching that price point that the the big combiners have been and while you know, Fort Max or Metroplex or or Predaking, those are big and there's value in what their size is. They're kind of not great Transformers yeah. because because of their size, because somebody went, hey, we've got this budget and the size like let's go ham with it. And while that's not necessarily a wrong decision, I think that a couple times it's led to it's it's led to good toys, but not good Transformers. Yeah. And, uh, and this agree. is this is a good toy and a good Transformer. I think Trypticon really is still the high point. Uh, well, Trypticon and Devastator, um, but Devastator is taking into account the Takarotomi version. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trypticon, across the board, I think is the one that really hit it in that he transforms a lot and his mm-hmm. no, none of his modes are compromised by mm-hmm. it. Whereas uh, Metroplex and Fort Max uh, can't really do much in robot mode because they're missing precisely one key stability joint. Uh, mm. Devastator, the import version was able to upgrade the six transformers to feel like very full, satisfying transformers. Um, but, and then Predaking King kind of has some devastator problems in a strange way. Um, but like, you know, he's in a midpoint, I would say like him and devastator are more or less equal uh, in yeah. that you've, you're either going to Japan for one that fixes a bunch of stuff, or you've got one who's a little better than American Devastator and Individual, but then you have to go to third-party upgrades to go past that. It's uh, Trypticon really hit it, and it looks like Omega Supreme's going to hit it, too. Uh, mm-hmm. So Siege Jeffire hitting it is, I guess, just more evidence that we're we're seeing a smoothed-out higher-price-point Transformer. Uh, and if you'd like, I can also bring this one for the tauntings. I mean, for you to to get hands-on i would love to get hands-on and but here's the thing it's not just me i think a lot of people would love to get some hands-on with that thing okay well the other people aren't on a skype phone call right now this is not a a skype phone call this is hang on hang on that's almost worse than saying harmony gold it's not but it's almost worse. (laughs) look man it's you you've been here for a good portion of my long day already i know Uh, but I'm all giddy because I decided to turn to Pringles and caffeine instead of like actual food. Uh, yeah. 
Anyway, is that that's all you want to talk about for what you got on topic or anything else? Uh, yeah, thrown? I got I got uh, the green lady in, but she's still in her outer packing box. So. Same. Well, I took the outer packing box off, but I still haven't opened the inner one yet. Okay. Um, all I've heard is sadness and disappointment that they changed forearms or something. But I I, I didn't understand entirely for a bit. Then I looked, and, and I will agree, I don't understand why the the wrist joint turned into a fused piece. But when I look at it, I'm like, this almost looks like a miscommunicated thing happened in the factory. And that's all I can really piece together. It doesn't even okay. really affect much. But basically, she used to have a wrist joint, right? Right. And now her hand is part of the forearm sculpt. And I'm like, I, I literally don't know what happened. It looks like they almost like they closed a gate <laughs> or something. Okay. Uh but yeah, that's that's odd. Um, I do have some on-topic stuff that I could quickly talk about, though, because I, okay. I, I've complained about a drought for so long. Uh, EB Games suddenly got a whole bunch of stuff in. They apparently even had Brunts and Springers and Refractors well gone by the time I got there. But uh, I managed to pick up <clears throat> Siege, Starscream, Soundwave uh, from EB Games. And then I went to Walmart. I found Siege, Prowl, and Chromia at retail. And I was going to leave them behind. They only had two of each of, of Prowl and Chromia, no one else from Wave 2. But then I was like, you know, I really want a deluxe. I'm going to buy a regular price Prowl. So yeah. uh, Starscream, way better than I expected. Way better in person than in photos. He is highly unphotogenic, yeah. is what I'm going to say. Uh, even when I have him in person, it's hard to not have his waist just look like a big bricky, like, sideways h thing like it's just i don't know some about him is highly unphotogenic but uh he is fairly articulate uh that jet mode the, the nose jet uh it doesn't really look like a whole dude is curled up underneath in most actual viewing angles with your human eyes yeah um, the 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 backpack thing does enough hangover to like as long as you're not looking at it i don't think like straight up the skirt can you really is it really an issue the fact yeah. that most of that is just like his backpack. The the thing that doesn't have a pin uh, definitely should have had a pin in some form, or at least better nubs, because boy, does yeah. that thing just tear off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My, mine definitely feels like it was like those nubs just got undersized. Yeah. Or, or the holes that the nubs are supposed to nub into got oversized. Yeah, so something was not adjusted for the, the change that probably happened in there. Uh, and it definitely is a problem. It is definitely solvable. There's plenty of recipes online that I've seen, uh, for putting a pin in, let alone that, or mm -hmm. just, you know, big and beginning the nub, but, uh, it's a good transformation, way more tabs than I thought. I, I really like how solid he transforms. Cause I was at first, I was just worried there was going to be lots of wiggle room on, uh, his arms, but they tab in two places. So whatever, mm -hmm. um, sound wave. I adore. I think it is possibly one of my favorite Voyager toys in a long time because uh, he transforms well and both of his modes are great. Correct. Uh, and I, I really appreciate um, some of just the geometry. I like the uh, the way that they have like I'm, I'm like, how do I adjust, adjust these adjustable thruster things on the top? And it's like, well, if you want to, if you put them at an angle, the thruster sculpt on the back is then perpendicular uh at a 90 degree angle and it, it looks good and i'm like all right uh i like Soundwave a ton um and i i still haven't found the spy patrol but i feel very satisfied with him uh he does a lot uh mm. that i like um prowl speaking of highly unphotogenic toys that are also way better in person he is just like starscream uh 
That is a devastatingly satisfying toy to transform into car mode. Yeah. How, uh, how just like curled up and tight his car mode ends up. And, and then everything closes. Mm-hmm. It feels amazing. And also the car mode looks way better than in photos because the windows are are just clear with silver painted underneath. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they are Dinobot trick. Yeah, it, it helps a ton. Uh I think that uh, his shoulders are still way the hell too wide. I really wish the chest would shrink a bit. Um, somehow it would have made it more expensive, though. Uh, it's it's just, it, That's easily my biggest problem with him is his shoulder line is just way the hell too wide. Uh, and I think that's what makes his legs look weird. But uh, mm-hmm. very poseable, too. Good good ankle twistage. Um, I like Prowl a lot. I am totally down for getting a whole bunch of redecos and retools of that figure. Um, and I also found Smashdown just in time for the Siege Sealed events. I like nice. Smashdown as well. Uh, not much to say. It's just, she's a very good weaponizer. Uh, sorry, Battlemaster. I keep mixing that up. Um, I also found uh, Taraxodon and uh, Aimless and Caliburst, if I'm remembering all the names, but I haven't opened those three yet. Uh, and I also haven't opened Greenlight yet. Uh, so that, that about does it for my on-topic gets, except I just remembered. Uh, on sale, 25% off when I found them. Because I wanted to know, I found some of the new Rid toys. No, it's not Rid. The new Cyberverse toys. The the something for the something Spark. You know the ones with the armor up uh, thing. They come with a, a little oh, drone buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I found Jetfire and Skybite. Oh. Uh, so they are definitely overpriced at retail for bang for your buck. They're like twenty Canadian, so they're. They're like a fairly okay scout toy with a little dinky vehicle. So so 25% off was more of a sweet spot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the transformations are actually fairly cool. Skybite has a sort of Prowl-esque satisfying transformation uh, into a shark, impl- a sort of shark motifed tube. Um, and he still has, okay. he has the asymmetrical hand. So he has a big spinny four-prong claw for one hand. Okay. Uh, so this gimmick is really weird. They basically have the Siege Weaponizer gimmick as a gimmick. So there's a lot of 5mm pegs and ports. Uh, The buddy vehicles basically split into four pieces. Uh, The sides come off and stick onto the arms. Something on the front comes off to be a handheld weapon. And then the rest of it uses a uniformed double uh, double 5mm peg connection right behind their neck to fold down over the head. And it doesn't do a new head sculpt. It does a helmet with a hole in the front. So you can actually swap all the armor around. Uh, it's, hmm. it's a uniform connector. Um, okay. The front part that clips into the into the front of their chest, Skybites uses and, and Jetfires, they, they won't lock into the front of the chest if you switch them around, but they're still heavy pegged right down on top of their shoulder blades. Um, the actual individual Transformers are, like I said, they're, they're like okay kind of kitty scout-sized Transformers. Uh, Jetfire is not quite as good as Skybite, I think. I don't mind them. I don't think I'm going to collect any more of them now that I got Skybite, because unfortunately they are still, like, because of this gimmick, nobody has a neck joint. And Mm. I've come to learn that even in limited articulation, no neck joint really robs uh, an action figure of a lot of its its emotive potential. Yeah. So they kind of look the best when they are hunkered down in this kind of dumb looking armor because it also mostly obscures their head under a big, like, like armor plated hood, 
where you look at them you're like, well, there's no way they can look around in there. And I also, because you can't see their face, you can kind of imagine they're looking around inside there. When they aren't mm-hmm. armored up, you're just like, why are they never, why are they always looking forward? Because um, otherwise, they all they both have like a ball socket uh, elbow, ball socket shoulder, ball socket hips, and hinge knees. Uh, it, it's nice to see like basic articulation on Cyberverse designs. I just wish, I wish there was a neck joint. Uh, I think that it would be moddable to just build a neck joint if you're really handy with like a hobby saw and some stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a uniform weaponizer style gimmick, and that that's neat. Uh, if there are cool like drone armors, I might I might get tempted by more. Like if there if the Cheetor comes out and I think he looks cool, maybe I'll go for him. But definitely as an adult collector, wait until they're on sale and and go in with with you know absolute base expectations. Don't. Don't expect to be wowed by these, but I, I just think they're neat. And it's a new Skybite, you know, and he is very much Skybite. Like, they don't even redesign him very much. <laughs> uh, the, the 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 top half of the shark face is his mono boob in robot mode. Like, it's all there. Uh, okay. uh, but uh, yeah, they, they also have additional ports on their upper arms and stuff. It's there's something to that gimmick. If if, if you pair they they're almost like designed to pair up with Siege. You know, like hmm. it's kind of cool. I, I I didn't catch on that that was going to be quite as literal a, a crossplay thing. Um, so anyway, I think that's, it's maybe like a secondary, like, hey, if you get started on this and then maybe pick up Siege later, your old toys aren't the the dumb kids' toys. There. Oh yeah, yeah. Or, or if you're a kid and you've been getting Cyberverse, but then you you know you tell your parents like, hey, I really want that hound because I like green trucks. Then it, it turns out that all all of their accessories will still interact. You know? Okay. Um, anyway, that's my little on, on topic what we got report. Uh, and that's going to take us into our listener question showdown. I'm, I'm going to say right now, we're going to kind of bang through these, but we're still going to answer them. Uh, it's just, we're, we're going to, we're going to real, we're going to rapid fire some of this. So are you guys ready? Are you set? I'm going to say this no. is a yes. Let's go. Uh, first one from Triceradon. Uh, who says, I'm, I might also, I'm going to kind of cut to questions on some of these. Uh, so I hope you guys don't mind. Uh, when it comes to toys, are there any minor engineering tricks or design features you found that, while perhaps not meaning much in the grand scheme of the toy's design, articulation, sculpting, paint, etc., nevertheless endears you to the figure much more than if it weren't present? For instance, one of Triceradon's uh, things in Transformers is when toys are engineered to have a sculpted or at least semi-functional car mode interior. Like, it's fun to see how much they overcome that design challenge when you can't just stick robot mode car parts inside of the car. Uh, so as such, you know, Alternity and Alternators and uh, Toy World's Green Hornet uh, are all things that that do that for Triceradon. Uh, and holding out hope for a Studio Series Jeep Mode Bumblebee reveal at some point. So uh, I absolutely have answers for this. But, um, like, the, yeah, basic question. Minor tricks or design features that, that absolutely elevate a toy for you, even though they are not, like, solving any of the big problems or, or big questions. Uh I guess, like, like just to start off, for me, one of them is right out of Siege Prowl. When I can just close up that vehicle mode and I feel it physically lock together, mm-hmm. um, even if it would have locked together without me having that feeling, if I, if I, if it's like I close the doors and it's, I feel four pegs lock in, and yeah. this thing is sealed, I'm like, that is satisfying. That, as is, hell. that is very much what my first kind of thought on this question was going to be when something that closes up, closes up, and just, you know, when it's three or four pegs to get everything aligned right, I understand that's the way that you guarantee, like, a positive seal. 
But when you get that positive seal without having to sit there and like fidget, 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 when they make it just so that it, it has the the right amount of sloppiness, but the right amount of tightness so that a thing just goes click and that's it. Yeah. Like it, ostensibly that might really enter in more so than what the question's asking for. But I, I just feel like I've had toys that do lock together. I just don't yeah. feel it happen. Yeah. And it, it's inherently less satisfying. When it when in, there's that tactile moment of like like the the toy design going ta da yeah like it's telling me hey we did you it know? <laughs> even when it comes down to like you know when you have a fo- a, a fist that collapses into a forearm and it just that there's no additional fiddling with it when it just when it's one of those things that you see you know that the designer sat there and and put that a little extra bit of effort of like okay well we're gonna have his his index finger like out just a little bit to look kind of like he's holding a pistol, but also gives you the little bit of an edge that you need to catch just a tiny bit of fingernail on it versus the completely fast, like flat, like punching things fist. Yeah. That, then you have to like, like I got to get our tooth down on this thing to get the, the little bit of bite to get it open. We got to get you a spudger, my man. We get... Yeah, I, ha- I have spudgers, but okay. it, <laughs> saying when you have to go and pull out your spudger doesn't sound nearly as like, it's a visceral. It's a raw. As as visceral as kinematic as uh, getting your teeth in there and gnawing on it. Yeah. Well, uh, TJ, have you got a specific thing that kind of like a minor trick or design feature that also like just makes a toy for you? Mm. I, like I'm trying to think. I know design features that elevate a toy for me. I've talked about like extra articulation at the wrist. Yeah. Generally oh, yeah. does it for me because it it. You know, I like I like being able to add the subtlety to poses. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a different answer. I just to uh, bounce off that quickly for me, like talking about wrists. If you actually give me the forward wrist joint and not the inward outward one, I love your figure so much more. If it can point its weapon at stuff, yeah, because mm-hmm. it, it. I think I've yelled about this before. It blows my friggin' mind how many figures have an inward outward wrist hinge for no reason, mm-hmm. especially when they come with a sword. And I'm like y'all yeah yeah with <laughs> a sword can, it's so that they s- can almost stab themselves in the face with a sword <laughs> the kids <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah like that kind of wrist articulation is necessary when you have a sword at the very least but even with a gun to, just to get that extra little arc upward if they're holding mm-hmm. the gun like barrel up yeah especially if it's a, a figure that tends to have a little bit of like wrist slop in it yeah, like a, a good ball socket wrist actually is something I've come to really appreciate. Uh, the 3A yeah. Deluxe toys, granted those are not cheap necessarily, but they use a metal ball over a PVC socket, and it it, it means that you get hmm. full wrist range with pretty good grip. Okay. Uh, and it, it does a whole lot more for me than some elaborate hinge mechanisms have done, uh, is what I'd say. But outside of that, one thing I always love when a toy does is if... If I'm transforming it, the head comes last. Oh yeah, yeah the the animated trick. Yeah, because there's some there's just something satisfying about the head being like the last thing that comes up during a transformation, and something really awkward about it being like halfway through and they're just kind of staring at you while you fiddle around with their legs or arms for another ten minutes. Actually, my biggest problem with Siege Optimus, the Voyager toy, is you have to get the head out of there to get the wheels in. Mm-hmm. And it bugs me because <laughs> it means I just I'm like, all right, well, the wheels are going in second to last then. <laughs> uh, it's just by like 
a millimeter of plastic too. It's just so annoying. Um, it's a uh, TJ. Any any other things pop into mind? Not necessarily. Well, uh, Aaron, um, anything uh, other than like bouncing off the one I'd put up that you want to throw in there too? No, that was like I said on my first read of the question. It was those moments of, you know, where there's the additional bit of like design time that went into like like i said you know the the additional little notch that ends up on a hand or something like that where very easily you can see where pass one would probably didn't have that feature in it but pass two of okay we gave this you know we we printed these out for ourselves to sit there and and transform a time or two and where was the spot we kept hitting as a frustrating moment? Let's fix that before it ever goes out versus just like, eh, it's a toy. Yeah. I got one more quick one to throw in there. This is this is specifically for Transformers or maybe heavily, heavily armored action figures. When the sideways ankle tilt does not have a lot of range, but its its range is designed so when you move it to its maximum, you're perfectly at the perfect angle for the figure to then have their legs naturally perfectly far apart in a normal casual stance there's something about that specificity that i really like um, okay it's 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 like it's it is a super minor specific thing but i really like it, it sounds when it's like there. there's probably a mathematical equation yeah in level of like it's got to be this angle not this angle that's what i like about it when i'm like you i you are letting me trust you enough to know uh, you're 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 demonstrating to me that I can trust you enough on the design level to know what a natural stance is, and that you created mathematical articulation just to achieve that. There's something about that I just I love, uh, which is a whole other step above something I also don't mind. But when the foot is just sculpted at that angle, it's like that's fine mm-hmm. on like a cheaper figure. But when it's like a little joint that just goes like over like you know 13 degrees, I'm like oh oh yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. We've got we've got a couple in here that do have multiple questions. Uh, what I'll say is because I've gotten this a few times, and I I, I think it, it is a good idea. But for the way we end up doing listener questions, I would say just send us one or two. If you do send us a bunch with the idea of us spreading them out, it ends up becoming more complicated on my end because uh, I'm trying to remember. You know, like when's the last time we used one of one from this bank of five? So just like just send us one or two and then and if you have a list of extra ones just like keep them locally on your end and once you've heard yours get hit then throw those to me afterwards uh because throwing me like you know four to five questions with the idea of spreading them out i just never end up spreading them out most of the time we just end up doing them all in one big block so chris has the memory of a goldfish is what he's saying so oh no i wish i did but i i remember do you know how happy i am that i forget micromaster names because I remember so many other Transformer names without wanting to. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. It's like the fact that I'm like, who's Flack? Oh, right. You know, like, or I only know them because of the TCG now. Like, it's, I mean, mm-hmm. now I know them too, so it's all been ruined. But anyway, we have a little block of lister questions here from uh, Sideswipe29, who did send these in to be used throughout many episodes, but I just want to blow through them. Uh, number one, even though it's probably been discussed uh, on the pod many times, I'd be intrigued to hear when each of you realized you weren't collecting uh, Transformers for, or any other property for that matter, not for. Uh, the sake of using it as a toy, but as a piece for your collection. In essence, when did you realize you became a collector? Uh, I feel like I've answered this one before, but I don't remember if it was here. So, uh, Aaron, 
when did you just realize when did you have the epiphany like hey i'm a collector hmm probably in the 0203 time frame mm. um when i fell in with that that rowdy crowd oh um, yeah the upc variant collector yeah. crowd yeah um somewhere before like i liked getting all the the things because I liked getting all of the experiences is more so the way that like the I'm getting a bunch of different stuff happened. Yeah. Um, because since each toy and especially like, like I was kind of eh, okay on, you know, okay, that's a, a repaint or remold and I wouldn't necessarily hit it so hard. But then at a certain point it was like, well, like I've gotten everything out of the line except for these three things. And, Granted, I guess they're the same as the other stuff that I have, but it'd be a real shame to be, you know, 85% of the way to having a complete collection of whatever. Might as well. Yeah. Um, And TJ, do you remember if there was for you like a specific point where you're like, I'm a collector? That would be the original RID. Mm -hmm. 01 RID? Yeah. Yeah, the real R.I.D. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went there. Oh, boy. So before then, like, I like I had a ton of Transformers as a kid, of course, and through Generation 2, and I was, but I was one of those that went, Ugh, animals? Really? I, I don't, no, no. No, I just, I just refused it, and I just went on to... Whatever other toy line came up at the time, I was into Power Rangers at the time still, and I was getting my giant shape-changing robot fix out of Megazords. Mm-hmm. And there was something about, like, I started getting back into Transformers when they went Transmetal, and they were, and I was like, oh, well, these are like the old Predacons. Like, they're, robot- they're robotic now, so I'm, I'm feeling these more. And then not as much in Transmetal and 2... And then they went to Beast Machines, and I fell off. I got, like, a couple Viacons, but, like, for the most part, it's like, I'm, no, no, I want to like them, but I I can't bring myself to like them. So I think just that that little path brought me to, like, real, like, elation when Autobots came back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So R.I.D. is like, oh, there's Autobots again, and oh, my God, they're doing, like, they're doing like the old uh combaticons in new colors and like i have to have all of these it was the first time where my brain went i need every toy in this toy line mm-hmm. and i think i came like three short like i i i was like relentless with that line for a long time yeah <laughs> I can remember going all around town, hitting every Walmart and Target when the when the Ruination set debuted, and I found after like two hours of store hopping, uh, one roll bar. That was it. Hmm. I remember when I found all of Ruination during a trip to a fencing tournament in Palm Springs, and it was one night right before we left. I was putting Ruination together between. That and playing Advance Wars on my Game Boy Advance. It's a very clear memory. And there were palm trees outside. Uh, so I hear you. 
because I also went that because also Rid twenty uh, Rid two thousand. I'm so used to saying twenty fifteen. Rid two thousand one was such a varied line. It was actually really fun to pursue and collect because there would be like yeah. what, one or two figures would come out every few months, and they would always be completely out of left field if they weren't from car robots. Yeah, uh, and it was kind of fun to follow it because you have this like kind of hodgepodge cast put together at the end. Um, with like that jet fired colored jet storm and stuff. Air That's Attack one of the Optimus ones I never Primal got. Finally gets out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the Megahead Megatron. Yeah, mm-hmm. that Mega too. Bolt Megatron. Yeah, Mega yeah. Bolt Megatron. Uh, Cerberus Bruticus, who was in this. Yeah, it's just a yep. dumping ground for all the molds they had lying around. Yeah, it, 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 and when you when I found when you lined them up as a cast facing each other, the two factions, it was incredible to look at. It was like when I when you know way back then anyway when I was you know. 18 or whatever uh i can't remember my age anymore but uh sub 20 looking at that and i was just like oh this is cool like this is just neat that like you can imagine canonically these are two these are the two factions this year this weird uh miscellaneous gathering of things uh Mm -hmm. also some decepticons hiding back there um but my my own answer for this one is i i never really stopped buying toys uh i just was a very childish child and then there was a long gradient somewhat answering the next question during which i got more and more like maybe i'm not supposed to be getting toys but i'll just like sneak them now and then somehow uh and then uh it was it was i always remember it was specifically when i was on a high school band trip to disneyland because that's what we did as a jazz band and uh we popped in a comic store on the way and i just picked up a beast machines Dinobot because they were new and i was like oh these are out this is beast wars neo triceratops i'm gonna get this uh, and the Stegosaurus, who can turn into a, a, a dead flower corpse. Um, yeah. And, and then I remember I was like, this is where I'm like, I'm like pursuing these because I'm really in, clinically interested in the existence of these and I want them. And then people are like, what are you getting those for on the bus? And I was like, oh, let me explain this. And like, oh, I didn't know Transformers were still around. And I was like, man, I am a collector. Cool. I was probably a collector before then because also back like years before that, I was buying Toy Fair magazine and like keeping up with the Internet Transformers news uh quietly so i probably was a collector before them but that's when i feel like i consciously mm-hmm. became a collector was making that conscious decision in a comic shop on a foreign in a foreign country band trip to purchase beast machines dinobots i think that's when i really crossed over uh solidly um like i'd been to a botcon before then but i think that was more like just in that lo- that long gradient beforehand uh which brings us to question number 2 were there ever moments in your life where you were embarrassed buy your collection or embarrassed to buy a transformer from a store were you ever afraid to tell of telling someone you collected transformers out of the fear they think you were a child or someone who hadn't grown up and uh science of 29 mentions like that uh that they went through this primarily in their teenage years uh and that you know being in, in your 20s you feel more like an adult you can spend your money uh the way you want to and uh you know nerd culture is more accepted etc and that that I think really resonated with me because most of the time when I hear about people being embarrassed about toys now and for me as well, it was when I was a teenager. And then when I stopped being a teenager, I kind of stopped caring more. So like I still, even to this day, I have moments now and then where I'm like, am I getting side eye? But keeping it hidden, being afraid that people I knew would think less of me. That was only really like teenager through like maybe early, early twenties, like 21 tops. But like, I feel like that's kind of a common thing almost that like you feel you feel the most worried about being seen as a kid when you're still a kid. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, you kind of realize, oh, that was 
a waste of time. Who cares? <laughs> so for me, anyway, that's how it's been. Like I, you know, now and then you still get those moments. It's, it's mostly the thing of if I'm in a toy aisle and I'm the only one in there alongside like a parent and, and a little kid or even worse, just a little kid. Then I'm like, I'm actually going to give them quite a wide berth because I think it'd be messed up for me to just sidle up next to a little kid and start poking around the toys that they're looking at. Uh, I could see a lot of parents being made uncomfortable by that. So in my case, just, also just given the fact that as far as I've been told, I look like a somewhat scary looking, uh, girthy Asian boy. And like, that's, that's not a, a comforting person to just like walk up next to a kid. So, uh, I try to give wide berth in those situations, uh, mostly for the sake of parents who are probably already dealing with a billion other things to worry about, but that's just me. That's not something I would say you need to push on anyone else. Um, but uh, otherwise, no, I'm quite, I'm quite out loud and proud as a person who spends money on things. Uh, in fact, it is interesting nowadays how many more people are so much into toys, specifically because of things like pop vinyls, like some of the least toy toys out there. Right. Uh, have have made more people just comfortable with the idea of of no longer thinking of it as like you know trying to defend like I'm not buying toys, I'm buying merchandise. Like they're like no, I'm I'm here to buy some toys. I'm here to get my pop pre-orders at EB Games. Uh, Aaron, have you ever felt had those moments of like I gotta hide it? I, I'm they're gonna think I'm a kid. I I don't think so. Um, I mean I've done a little bit similar, like what you said. You know, if it's in a store or something like that, I might not like jump straight into something if there's a couple kids that are trying to look through something or or some t- you know the occasional disheveled parent or grandparent or whatever like trying to look through stuff on the phone like. Did he want the Optimus? What? What do you want? Type of thing. I'll just like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, let I'd these just people get a, have space. I'd get away from that if if I was hearing specifically that because I'd be like, I don't want to stand next to that noise. Yeah, this well, that too. <laughs> but I don't know. It's a red truck. Oh boy. Uh, like I, I feel like I could come in and help, but at the same time, I don't want any of that. Um. But as far as like in personal life, no, I think I'm I'm also somebody that's kind of been um, pretty open with it. Um, I've I've like frequently, well, you know, even like this week, getting ready to 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 head out to TFCon as as people are like, oh, vacation. What are you doing? I'm going up to Toronto. Oh, what are you doing up in Toronto? Going to Transformers convention, and then like people that it, that haven't been around since the last time I did one of these is like, wait wait, what? What are you doing? And then I have to be like, oh, yeah, it's a Transformers robot toy. It's not like I'm getting all excited about, you know, little electrical devices that change voltage. Um, it's, you know, a, it's the, the, the robot. Like the Michael Bay? Yes, like the... Oh, wow. And then, you know, at least with that, where I am now, it at least opens up some form of conversation of like, oh, you really like those movies? And it's like, hey, you, see this can that's labeled Worms? Do you want to do you want to open that? We can just say it's a toy line and and a thing and go on from there. And so how you well them, you didn't know? Show them leader blackout and you go like, look, are you yeah. gonna are you gonna tell me that are you are you gonna start disrespecting my career here? Like, yeah. Hey, there are two or three leader blackouts in the office that I've then had to point at those people of like. No, there are multiple other peoples that have transformed. No, they don't. Yeah, what's that? Oh, that's <laughs> One of a... them's like, it's just a helicopter! <laughs> yeah. No, that's just a 53E. No, actually, that's a and uh go from there so it's i mean it, i i think it's definitely one of those things because i've managed to like flip one of those like wow you got a weird hobby thing uh, 
over on people when it's like, yeah, what do you do for fun? Oh, I go catfish noodling. Okay, sticking your your hand in a catfish's <laughs> face isn't weird. Come on. I've uh, um, we we I don't mean to tangent off that, but we had a thing at uh, one of the TCG places when the game was still new and we were still kind of growing it. <clears throat> and there was a, a younger guy who worked at the at the store uh, for the summer who was who was all into the game. And so we all went for we all went for some some food afterwards, and he tagged along. And after mm-hmm. and while he tagged along, at one point he's like, "Wait, you guys actually like Transformers?" And we're like, "Yeah." He's like, "But <laughs> toys are toys are like kids stuff." And I'm like, "You just told what, what me what are you doing, cardboard merchant?" Well, I was like, "You just told me how much that you like you just encyclopedically recited to me the last three standard magic the gathering environments and the pros and cons of them and mm-hmm. like we're we're gonna have like in my head i did that because also this guy i think was like 18 so i was like well i'm not gonna like go full force so he's still in that i gotta maintain my cool yeah it was actually really i found everyone else was a little bit irritated after he left because they were ever we were all trying to be really friendly about it mm-hmm. and go like well here's why we enjoy it if you want to know uh because he's like do you like play with them and like smack them together and i'm like I almost was like, yes. Uh, but, You're but just af- like, only for the videos I shoot. Yeah. <laughs> After he left, I was basically, I was a little bit heartwarmed. So I was like, you know what? I recognize that insecurity. That mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're into a nerdy thing and you have the opportunity to find someone who's into a more nerdy thing to kind of go like, well, at least I'm not that. Uh, and, you know, eventually, you know, someone who is 18 who feels that way, ideally, uh, and I've seen it happen, will realize the hypocrisy of that situation. Uh, and I look forward to meeting whoever that is once they're a bit older. Uh, TJ, have you ever had that embarrassment, that uh, that kind of secret passion hobby thing with Transformers, or just whatever is what I do? No, I, th- I think I fall into that category of uh, through teenage years, this was not something that I should still be into, and that, that self-conscious phase of... Mm, everyone else is watching sports, and I really don't care about sports. I'm still... I'm still watching cartoons before I get, go to school in the morning. Yeah. And just it, it, it's it is it is accurate that you know you you hit these teenage years and you're eager to be seen as an adult so you cast off a lot of that stuff and take up things that you know an adult is supposed to obsess over like sports and you know it's perfectly acceptable in the adult world to have like an entire room full of you know Dallas Cowboys memorabilia pennants bobbleheads all these kinds of different things for your favorite team okay my team are autobots like mm-hmm. you know uh, we got the same thing going on we just have different ideals about what's appropriate for our age you know where you think it's for kids and i think i'm old enough to like whatever i want the the lack of um, self awareness in some not all obviously but some sports nerds to this day still kind of wigs me out especially with, like with the amount of connectivity we have now yeah where you still get some sports nerds like straight up who like paint paint their entire body and they don't get it how it's the same it's <laughs> yeah yeah, I, yeah. I, I I've I have uh, seen the script flipped before on somebody talking in about you know other nerds whatever you're you're silly and dumb it's like okay well who's on your fantasy football team okay okay so on the first pick i got this guy because he had it was like okay do you not see like you're (laughs) you're talking about math and statistics (laughs) did you know for football players 
I spent on like a, on two... you pretending about a game like you're yeah. running a team. Yeah, I spent or... like two years thinking fantasy football was something someone else made up as a joke and that everyone was trying to trick me into thinking it's real. And then when I found okay. out it was real, I had a really long moment of like, ah, I like okay. I like when they I like when they go off on the fantasy football as like this big serious thing they take really seriously. And I OK, mm-hmm. let me tell you about my second level druid who pretends that he's a bard like literally. That's why I thought it was a joke at first. And this is many, many, many years ago. This is before even podcasting. It's just, that, you know, with my naivety to the world, I thought fantasy football was a joke that fellow nerds made up about sports nerds. And then, no. and then I yes, I, I eventually discovered, and then I was like, "Do the does surely though? Surely there's an awareness of how it, utterly it, similar this is." It's it's amazing the number of times that people don't understand how it how how things appear until a mirror is put in front of them. Yeah, that's just, it's fascinating. Uh, I hope I'm making it clear. By the way, there's nothing wrong with being a sports nerd, and fantasy football is fascinating to me. Like yeah. especially the amount of thought put into it. Just like you gotta just you have that self awareness at least, uh, please. <laughs> Sneaker collectors, though, no mercy there. I'm, uh, that's just that's that's my new joke one. Because now I've come to know enough Hot Wheels collectors, I can't start going them Hot Wheels collectors. Uh, so I just, I found myself targeting sneaker heads because they're spending so much money. I feel less guilty. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell Alfie what your thoughts are on sneaker heads and then, uh, you can learn how to yeah, walk again. I, 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 I can't, nothing sacred? I can't, can't, can't hold that. I can't hold that flag. Cause one of my favorite wrestlers has a whole YouTube show on his favorite sneakers. I understand it because I interrogated some sneaker heads to understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just one of you know it's the part where there's an app that's I was actually joking about this when the ecto whatever Optimus went up on that like weird like purchase things app, oh yeah, and I was like, is that like one of the sneakerhead apps where you mash on the screen to raise your chances of getting to buy sneakers for three hundred bucks, and then no one answered me, and because <laughs> they, they were busy mashing on a screen they were busy mashing on the screen trying yeah. I have biases because Exclusive City and a bunch of places that sell those sneakers opened up in Toronto, and they all looked like pop-ups, but they've never popped down! They're still there! <laughs> and I and I never see anyone in them except twice a year when suddenly 50 people are lined up outside. It's so interesting uh, to look at. Anyway, question number three. I promise we're going to keep speeding up. Do any of you keep a log or spreadsheet of the figures you bought and what prices you paid for them? In addition to the log, do you have a formal budget that you keep up to date to make sure you're not overspending, or is that all just in your head? Uh, since 2016, uh, I, uh, Sideslope29, have been keeping uh, an Excel sheet of what figures I bought, and it's both satisfying and heart-wrenching to look and see just how much money I've spent on this plastic crack. Uh, I have a very fast answer, but before I do that, Aaron... As a numbers man, do you, uh... <laughs> no, I don't. It would break me. Uh, I don't need that in my uh, life. TJ, do you keep, uh... <laughs> I would never dream of keeping a ledger of how much I spent. I used to keep track of every Transformer I bought, and somewhere around 1,200, I stopped caring. So, Science Lab 29, the part where you wrote it is satisfying and heart-wrenching, I'll focus on heart-wrenching to look and see how much, that's kind of, I think, a shared, there's a shared notion over here of us avoiding that heart-wrenching part of looking to see how much, it, I think it is healthy, it is in fact uh, commendable to be keeping a spreadsheet uh, and budget of what you're doing, that mm-hmm. is a smart way to live your life, that is not how I'm living my life. And I'm living my life a dumber way. 
uh, is what I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Now I'll I'll say that I do have to an extent like what my fun stuff budget is, and that is like you know when I pre-ordered Cyberpunk 2077, that kind of came out of that that you know set aside money for for fun stuff. I don't just go like new toys. Woo. Oh, wait a second. How am I paying rent this month? Uh, you know, so I, I, I pay attention to it at that level, but I don't like get much deeper than that because sometimes there's just gotta be flex in like, okay, there's nothing this month. So I'm going to let that roll over or, Oh, TF con is this month. Um, I'll try and make it. So I'm not, nearly as much fun budget next month it's weird i'm able to do that a lot more easily with anything that isn't uh like my main collecting thing like video games are a thing where i am a friggin' penny pincher uh Mm -hmm. for instance i equated putting off mario maker 2 to running my air conditioning stuff longer this month because i was like instead of mario maker 2 i will be comfortable and that's how i reasoned it out And never did it enter into my mind to go like, you know, if I if I actually figure out like incoming Transformers pieces and work that into air conditioning, I was like, no, no, video games, those die first, mm-hmm. uh, which is not healthy. Uh, that and also like I, you know, I I keep track of things, but I also tend to operate very much on instinct, uh, and not not in necessarily the grab it all when I see it, but it's more like, have I spent too much this month? Doesn't feel like it. Uh, that's not a good way to live. Uh, it's just the, how I tend to proceed right now. Uh, but if you can keep a ledger and a spreadsheet and a budget that is all, uh, very well kept and adhered to, you are doing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as it's not taking up more time than actually enjoying what you have, uh, at that point, you probably need to dial it back a little bit, but like besides white 29, you are, you are living a very good life there. That is, that is the way to do it. Uh, I think. Because um, I don't want to promote uh, fly-by-night uh, soft head budgeting, uh, even though that's kind of where I'm at. And it probably sounds real cool. Well, kids, let me tell you. <laughs> Turn this chair backwards and sit down. Uh, I've been in prison for 18 years. <laughs> Haven't been. I don't know. I was just going with the scared straight thing on that. Uh, question number four. When it comes to buying toys, do you have a preference on buying from brick and mortar or buying online? Do you enjoy the thrill of the hunt and finding something on your own and being able to pick it up and bring it home that day? Or would you prefer the relaxing approach of just ordering from an online store and never having to leave the comfort of your home? Uh, I want to answer this quickly because I think I fit in between here. I don't mind buying online. I think it is a little more satisfying to like find something in person and bring it home that day. However, for me, it is more so... Uh, am I sneaking in at or under retail? That's become my new thing with, with Transformers specifically. Uh, the the approach that lets me not pay more than, than I have to has become really fun to do. Uh, mostly through blind luck. For the last, like, four years, I've been able to, like, sneak in under retail constantly. Uh, unfortunately, to the point where I almost never buy stuff from, like, established vendors if it is, like, mainline Transformers, just because I'm, like... Mm-hmm. I could I could maybe find a, a 10% off even if it comes in EB Games. We're good there. 25% off if I wait a bit longer. Uh, I don't like trying to shove that in people's faces because uh, I think that enjoying the zeitgeist and the thrill of the hunt, if you can, is actually it's super fun. Uh, it's just become my own personal thing. Um, feels bad like when people offer to help 
Uh, Aaron, even sometimes, for instance, offering to help with stuff. And I'm like, well, that's an American retail, though. Like, I could probably wait mm-hmm. and get that later on. It's not me trying to, like, spit in his palm when he tries to shake my hand. I'll just do that, you know, for other reasons. That was, my, that was a joke, by the way. Don't spit in Aaron's palm. That's rude. Uh, yeah. But it, it's because uh, I just, you know, especially if it's something like, you know, Six Gun, for instance. I'm convinced that I will get Six Gun for slightly under retail at, at most uh, eventually. And so I just want to hold on to that because if I just give in and go like, like, you know, with Prowl, for instance, that's me just going like, I just want a deluxe. I still got him at retail. Uh, but if I were to like go for a whole wave or so like pick me up that whole wave at American retail on your way down here, I'm just going to feel worse when I see it here. And it's during like a Toys R Us sale because we still have those um, the real ones. So that's that's mm-hmm. that's my own approach. Aaron, do you got preferences? Um, I used to really prefer the hunt. I liked like you know spending an afternoon or like after a stressful day at work maybe going and trying to hit up two or three toy stores to see you know if i could find something and and feel successful uh in in coming home with a thing i'd been looking for um but over time it seems like unfortunately i don't know if it's a a change in the way that stores are stocking or, or what it is, but quite frequently it'll be like, okay, well, this is what's on the shelves right now and will be for the next three months. Going on the hunt looking for a thing just isn't getting it because, you know, that, that turnover isn't happening the way that it used to with different wave assortments or whatever it was. So it'll frequently yeah. be like, I'll pay attention to local sightings and... And start to get like, okay, well, I'm going to go check out Myers because that's where, you know, the next wave of stuff seems to be hitting in other nearby locations. And then after getting tired of that after a while, just saying, ah, screw it and go into, you know, Pulse or Big Bad or, or, or whatever it is that actually has it in stock and is at a reasonable price. I'm not, you know, if it's more than you know, 5% over MSRP, I'm probably not going to jump on it. I'll wait for Amazon to get it or whoever to, to get it where it's near. Yeah. Like, like like with distribution right now, I I would, I would say like brick and mortar and online are both now just two similar tools in the same toolkit. Mm -hmm. Like, like, you know, for, for all the drought we've been talking about, like in my case, I've also been looking online. It's just Amazon Canada dried up on me as well. Like we had, they had all yeah. the toys, but marked up like 10% for no discernible reason. So yeah. I was like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not paying 45 for a $40 figure that I want to find for 36. That's, that's not happening. Sorry. And again, that that's where it's rough and that I do try and keep to like some kind of budget and, you know, any of those hits of me going way over on a thing like keeps it from from stretching quite as far so i try and pay attention to it because i don't want to get i don't want to lose out on on value when i'm trying to to be better about it like pay off old bills and stuff like what's that an adult even on the selfish end it's still i call it bang for your buck too like whenever I find Studio Series Bumblebee Voyager Optimus for under forty bucks, oh, it's going to be incredible because I already know that thing's really cool, and I'm going to get it for cheaper. Uh, TJ, do you have brick and mortar versus online preferences, or like especially in your area, like it's it's is it just like the toolkit approach, like it's just whatever happens to be there? Uh, one refractor, two refractor, three refractor score. 
Yeah. 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 And there Basically. are other times where it's just like that of like, okay, this is going to have to be how I got to jump at it. Well, also, it got to yeah. you within a week, right? It was borderline the same day. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. See, I I used to love the hunt. You know, and I will admit every now and then I'll just kind of get the urge to go, oh, let's just let's just roam around. Let's just hit all the shops in one area and just see what happens. And yeah, like there is that temptation of, well, you know, you get a little bit cheaper on Amazon or you could have it right now. Yeah, yeah. You can see the paint apps. Mistakes were made and will be discussed at a later date. Mm -hmm. Uh but yeah, like I used to be all about the hunt as you know, see previous story about RID roll bar. Yeah. And then it just got too frustrating. That had nothing to do with, you know, the toy line itself, it had everything to do with I live in an area that turns over Transformers very slowly. And I'm kinda lucky if uh if a Walmart or a Target is in the mood to actually restock something. You know, you know, for years I had I've got one Walmart right now where you know, they aren't stocking anything above a deluxe. Mm -hmm. They've just kind of given up on the toy line itself. And they will wait until that very last Chromia comes off the shelf before they scan for a new box. Yeah. Oh, the, the price point one is the one that also kills me a lot. Because, like, in Toronto right now, we had a resurgence of a bunch of stock showing up places, right? Except for Wave 2, Deluxes and Voyagers. Uh, those are still, in my, at least as far as I've looked around, fairly scarce on shelves. While Wave Three stuff is all showing up at EB Games, uh, apparently it's popping up at other vendors as well. It's just like you go to your the Walmart that's closest to you, and you're like, "Why don't you just get the deluxes? I just wanted like, something. You're only mm -hmm. getting the big ones. Why are you doing this to me?" Um, TJ, I'm going to stick with you and pull you into the final question here with me. Uh, when looking at toys to buy, how do you convince yourself that you don't need to pick it up right away? Whether it be a mainline toy or a third-party figure, there's always a fear you might not be able to find it again in the wild, or prices for it will skyrocket for a multitude of dumb reasons. How do you convince yourself it's okay to skip on a figure and that eventually you'll be able to purchase it again at some point in time? Uh, generally, it's just knowing, well, you know, like, for instance, like, if I, if I were to say... Uh, seeing something at a particular store that sat there for months and did not move, then I have fair amount of confidence that it's not going to go anywhere. And when I am ready for it, it will still be there mm. right now. If I went to the right Walmart, a shockwave would be absolutely no trouble because one of them still has four. Yeah. I don't think they're going to evaporate on me. Uh, on the other hand, there's a lot of figures where I will just sit on it and go, you know, it's not doing enough for me from what I know about it. I have to sit and kind of process between, okay, like in the case of like Siege Magnus, mm. you know, I have to process, well, I'm kind of nostalgic for the white Optimus Prime and it'd be nice to have one that has like the G1 kind of play style of armoring him up. But then again, I really, really like my uh, IDW uh, Combiner War Magnus. Yeah. Mm. You know, I'm not tired of that toy yet. I like having him as my Magnus in the shelf. So well, maybe I don't, maybe I don't need that. Like I kind of, I kind of weigh in, like we're in this point where if I have to weigh a Transformer, it's because I already have that character. Well, then also Hasbro News Alert. Hey, we're retooling that Magnus you're thinking about into Galaxy Convoy. Yeah, you see, even that, 
because I I had to weigh that against Cybertron Optimus Prime. And that kind of goes back to the thought I've had a few times on this podcast where are we at this point where Transformers can't be produced at a level that surpasses their previous iterations? Yeah, because I least... still find that Cybertron Optimus to be superior to, you know, this new iteration that's come out. Like specifically within a main line. Yeah. Like you know, leaving out, you know, the, the boutique pieces or the masterpiece line. Uh well, well. Hey, masterpiece. I think, I think if Masterpiece <laughs> shown anything, is they're always gonna try to try to improve. Masterpiece Galaxy yeah. Convoy, yay or nay. I mean yay, but you know. Don't don't do don't do that to me. I'm still getting my hopes up for all these third party ones that keep promising they're gonna come out. I'm just putting it out there so it eventually happens right after I get like, you know, some other masterpiece thing that I'm like, well, they're not gonna do Galaxy Convoy, I'll pick this up. That's how we'll ensure he comes out. Which reminds me it which reminds me of TFCon if 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 they're showing off Skycrow, just steal it for me. I'll try. I'll see if I can. <laughs> I mean, it'll probably be behind a case, and I can never get near the cases without the people who run them going, "Oh, Chris, nice to see you again." So, like, I I can't I can't thieve my way through because I'm too. Have recognized. you thought about going for the glasses with a funny mustache attached to them? Yeah, they're like, "Oh, Chris, that's a funny costume." It's my cheeks, and not wearing your cape. I I stopped wearing that. A, if I was going to wear the cape at this point, that would be a disguise. Like, oh, you're cosplaying as uh, 2010's era Chris. Like, uh, yes, that's right. Like, oh, wow, you can't get the voice. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Um, Aaron, how do you convince yourself you don't need to pick something up right away when you see it? Um, Aside from I don't have the money for it, how do you reach the conclusion that this is the one to not do? A lot of times it's also come down to uh, I'm trying to be a whole lot better about things that are repaint, remolds. Um, where I've already basically had the experience. Um, mm. if there's, if it's not a, a thing that has a huge calling to me as I look at my, uh, 18 gun, um, you know, I'm not going to go out and buy a second version of like the, um, what was it? Uh, red alert out of Sideswipe and siege. I saw red alert and was like, ah, yeah, no, it's, it's sideswipe with like prowls light bar. There's not, you know, it's it's knowing that the the puzzle play transformation experience is going to be exactly the same as a thing that I already have that really drives the the want lower. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's trying to be a a line that I'm starting to to figure out where the, the feel good is on that versus not. Yeah. Like, like for me, it's, it's a little similar. It's just from my like collector experiences, primarily of the last decade, um, like very specifically, I've come to really identify what I like and also identify what I think is cool that I don't necessarily need to purchase so much as hopefully just handle someone else's, mm-hmm. uh, also identifying what I think is cool because it's new as opposed to uh i think it's cool because i feel like i'm gonna get a lot of time out of it i've become a little obviously not great but i've become better at judging beforehand like am i gonna actually enjoy this thing after today uh -hmm. or not and uh and and also obviously like the thing i always harp on about like i've also been able to recognize that you can still see something that is good without uh feeling like you have to own it 
Uh, if you know that, like, for instance, like, you know, there's a lot of really good expensive things. If I feel like I'm going to have to be on kid gloves the whole time I'm handling it, I'm just infinitely less interested in picking it up. Yeah. Um, so like for high end toys, I've really narrowed it down to like, you know, obviously every time chemical attack team works on stuff, usually there's a kind of inherent durability, uh, or at least like robust, uh, uh, physical, uh, quality to it that, I don't feel like I have to be worried I'm about to break it. Um, nothing puts me off an expensive thing more than feeling that I have to worry about how I'm going to handle it. Um, oh, you spent just spent $300 on this thing. Better not breathe at it sideways. Yeah. Like, in all due respect, hot toys, unfortunately, tend to strike me that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to worry about leaving. Like, in some cases, you have to worry about, oh, if I leave the leg bent while it's on my shelf, is that eventually going to damage the costume because they use, you know, a rubberized silicone? And we don't know if the mix is designed to, to be able to hold position or not. Wasn't you know? there one of the early Batman that had a problem where, like, if you didn't take it out of the box shortly after you got it, like, the suit would rubber rot or something? I feel like that was the from... The third Nolan film, but Maybe. I can't remember. I, I'm I'm vaguely remembering somebody that I know that got one of those hot toys, and it was almost like, yeah, I've got to go home early from work now since this thing is at my door, and make sure that oh, like, because in, it's in, in, in the, the package, elements. Yeah, well, not yeah. necessarily in the elements, but just like, hey, out of the package, this could be bad, and like some of those early hot toys things where it was like, yeah, you have a 37 second window to get your order in before the 400 of them that they made were gone. And like they made 15 of them extra for replacement parts or some just like obsession over if it's bad, I've got a very short window to fix it. And it could also be just like, Hey, it's a hot day outside and it'll mess up the plastic flex and then it's toast. Yeah. Like I, I seem to feel like I don't have to worry to, to get the, the certain like tactile enjoyment I tend to focus on with, with a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, like some solo Chagokins are in that position where I'm like, I don't want them. I think they look great, but I, from all of my research, they are too fiddly or they are too, uh, they have too much fragility in some very key spots. Um, it, 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 even even if it's a thing I love, like I'll I'll back away from it if I think because I've ha- I've had figures of things I love, and I can't mess with the figure, and I just feel bad that I own it, uh, and and it's so fragile. Uh, sometimes there is a low chance I'll even be able to sell it because it's been opened, and thus the the, mm-hmm. the chance is there in the buyer's eyes that it's you know an inch away from hitting a fragility point. Um. So yeah, that's that's kind of one thing I use uh, to judge that. Those are the questions from Sideswipe Twenty Nine. We're into a question here from uh, Dan Hyboman uh, about Transformers shelf presence in the recent decades, swinging in a different direction than what we saw in the early two thousands, particularly regarding original non-media characters and designs showing up in media-related toy lines. Like in the Unicron trilogy, you get character or you get designs con- connected with characters who never appeared in the shows, like uh, the Armada Minicons uh, done up as the C Team, the Energon Sharkticon Deluxe. Toe line, Cybertron's long rack, 
who technically like showed up in a vehicle mode but doesn't really count. Recluse, an armor hide, an animated, we got oil slick. Um, these non-show characters always had a special charm, like they were special bonus content that got made just because they were cool. And uh, we still get a wide variety of characters' designs uh, across toy lines, but that phenomenon has phased out in exchange for marketing recognizable characters and designs. Um, so uh, somewhat related to the notion that original characters are on the whole less common these days, uh, it follows that anything new needs to be heavily featured in a movie or TV show to be consistent with sales strategy. So the question is, do you all agree with me? There's an XD in there. Uh, there's another question to expand on that. What do you think are uh, modern parallels to this concept? Personally, I think that the Prime Beast Hunters remolds and new designs like a Deluxe Dreadwing and Bulkhead uh, come the closest. Uh, that being the Beast Hunters Deluxes who were so remolded they borderline looked like new characters uh, and were also new toy designs to boot. Um, well, I think that you're on the right... Basically... I somewhat agree with you. I think that there were more non-show characters before. I think that definitely they are marketing uh, evergreen characters uh, harder because those connect with now both kids and older collectors. Um, and uh, I, I can't think of any like modern parallels uh, to the concept outside of Transformers, if that was kind of the question. Um, but I think we're still in a, like, I think right now, unfortunately, we're in more of a place where it's like there are more show characters than the ones who get toys uh, to a detriment, uh, mm -hmm. Rid, Rid 2015, Cyberverse, uh, both are full of characters who never got toys, even characters who had redeco remolds of themselves as other characters in the show, but a toy never came out of the base design, period. Uh, I, so I think that that's kind of how it's flipped now, is uh, we, we have more characters getting left behind, in my opinion. Um and I do kind of miss weird stuff like Recluse and Towline and, you know, Oil Slick's almost a, a strange example where it's like, didn't they say, like, you know, he was, like, early on, we'd put him in the show, but we didn't see the design until we already got going. And then, you know, they kind of slipped him in that cameo uh, as a result in season three. Um, mm, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wish there was more of this. Uh, some of my favorite Beast Machines toys are not in the show. Uh, Hammer Strike, uh, Night Viper, um, all all like some very solid uh, Battle for the Spark figures. Uh, Battle Unicorn, uh, Snarl uh, is not Battle for the Spark, I think. But you know, th they're they're all really good Beast Machines character uh, toys who were not characters in the show. Um, Aaron, you got anything to bounce off this question yourself? Yeah, Battle Unicorn that was so rare and hard to find that Big Bad commissioned a production wave of them. Yep, and then discovered that production waves commissioned to a minimum number are still gigantic. Really suck, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, I dig on on some of that. I guess it's... I mean, I, I feel like we... We're, we're in a phase that just seems like it's more nostalgia-based than original character-based. Um, yeah. And and I think that's just kind of the uh, the the price of fame, almost. I think that the idea is it's nostalgia based, and they're and they're creating a cycle where current kids' nostalgia will be for things that gave us nostalgia when they were kids, because they look like so they're creating like this loop, right? Yeah, where our nostalgia becomes their nostalgia. And thus, everything's recognizable to everyone and connects with everyone. I don't think it's going to last. Uh, I think there's going to be a point where the glass ceiling kind of cracks. But I feel like that's an approach going on right now, myself. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, TJ, do you have anything to bounce off this question? I guess the actual question, do you agree with them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I kind of do. I, I, I feel like we're in a period where, uh, where, where we've gone into play it safe mode. Mm-hmm. It's like we've talked about this before. It's like there was there's this adventurous spirit to that period of Transformers where, oh, yeah, like this is just a neat design we came up with. You know, like I really like like uh, like Cybertron uh, downshift it was just this big muscle car. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like this old, you know, this old school vehicle that you probably wouldn't see on a Transformer cartoon just because, you know, uh, it's it's an old it's an old car. Like what kid's going to want that or like. Oh, like we oh we just designed a deluxe Unicron because we could. Yeah, we even yeah. came up with a backstory for him that didn't appear anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but I kind of missed that. Like, we are in this period where it's not it's not just like, well, like in those eras we had just a a, a batch of characters that were just enough to fill a toy shelf, but not really. Because mm-hmm. we still had a ton of repaints of it. Like in that in that era, you had a pretty pretty much assured that every mold was going to get repainted at some point. Like, yeah. So you always, you always felt like, oh, I could I could get it, or oh, they'll come out with a different color scheme later on. I don't I don't have to get it out right now. So you had all these original characters just kind of space filling, and you know those made things interesting. You know, just kind of throw a little bit of surprise in there every now and then. Yeah, I mean, that's, we, that's where we, gems like Cannonball happen. Oh, yeah, Cannonball yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. But, like, we've moved in this period where we're basing everything on G1, which we've mentioned before, which means we have a girth of characters to use. Yeah. Like, there's there's absolutely no shortage of them, and it's impossible for us to run out, technically. So, and it's not just, like, marketing familiar characters over and over at this point. It is also... We have to use these characters within this time period or we lose all our trademarks. Yeah. So we just kind of get it's the same cycles of prowls and jazz and star screams and whatnots, just so the character stays on the shelves, all the trademarks stay good, and we don't have yeah. to worry about someone well, else making something I, called a Megatron. I, I think that that's something that Hasbro def- definitely has a fear over because, I mean, they friggin' lost Bumblebee for the longest time. They lost Bumblebee during the Beast series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do that? Because we got Waspinator and wasps are cooler than bees. And and Shrug. so I, I think that some portion of that also comes down to like, hey, our evergreen characters were definitively going to hit at least once a year so that there's never a chance that somebody else can come along because we weren't paying attention. And they're like, no, this is our toy. He's called Optimus Prime. You can't do him because you forgot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you if you bring in you know trademark copyright law uh, discussions, like the, there is that whole extra angle as well. You know, what names can we afford to let go? You know, what names do we think maybe we don't have to worry about people snatching? Uh, which also enters into the part where like the fandom can only really know so much because um, we're outside yeah. of it. Uh, I still want to know how Shockwave went to Decepticon Shockwave. I thought we were using that pretty normally. Oh man, I almost feel like I knew the answer to that because someone had figured it out, but I don't remember anymore. Um, there was something, there was something that was also using Shockwave. I can't remember anymore. Uh, I think that someone sussed it out though. Um, anything else that you guys want to throw in on this topic? 
then let us go to Carito Prime's question, uh, who uh, first question is uh, inspired by our Hasbro Legacy Collection talk. If you could put a plastic mold of your head on any figure arts figure uh, with one, uh, what would it be? And what extra expressions would you include? You can only choose one figure for your head. I'm sorry, I don't make the rules. Carito would go with uh, a couple build designs, Kamen Rider Rogue or Kamen Rider Cross Magma. Uh, so I guess let's throw it right over to you, Aaron. Who would you put your head on? Go. Uh, Cyclone Joker. All right. It's a nice, iconic, green-black, very stark outfit. Um, I don't know what the spare faces would be. I don't frequently make big, bombastic faces. Just an identical face. One, one with the mouth open, one with the mouth closed. Maybe one with the kind of, like, did you really just say that? Like, a little bit of, not quite the Dwayne the Rock Johnson, like... The Dream mm. DreamWorks poster expression? Yeah. Yeah. But just just a little bit of that exasperated, uh, do I have to deal with this now type of exasperated look because that's been me lately at work. But yeah. <laughs> All right. So you're going with uh, with the classic double common uh, rider body. Uh, DJ, who would you put your head on to? Uh, it's it's a coin flip. There's two there's two I have in mind and it comes down to. I kind of just want this to happen because I would never be able to cosplay this character. Mm. And this is just a really easy way for me to see it. And, uh, you know, actually, no, you know what? No, no I have to go with gills just because like, if I'm going to, if I was ever going to cosplay a comrade, I had no shortage of budget and or ability to actually work craft foam that well. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, if you remade the Gills costume, you could then sell it to Toei so they can start using Gills again themselves. <laughs> right? Like, fix everything. You know how bitter I am to find out they remade the Another Agito suit? Uh, and I, not Gills? Well, I mean, that's because he was the one who showed up in the, in what? In, in Go Rider. I, like I, they, know, it, I know that. If, if Gills had showed up they, in Go Rider. They, they needed, they need, well, they needed dead riders. Yeah, and th- thus they also confirmed Gills is alive. Our, our boy survived. Maybe not his dog. But <laughs> no, 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 no. He no, he loved the dog, so the dog died. Yeah, that's the sad thing about Gills. Everything he loves dies. That's why it was actually really dark that they let him find a puppy. Because I'm like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's always bad too. It's something bad he's happens. Gonna, it's gonna be the John Wick of Common Rider. I'm not. I'm not against that. Uh, speaking of which, uh, if it has to be Fig Arts, I guess it has to be Fig Arts. I can't pick Mafex John Wick. That's a different character line. Um, I, I'd probably like my, my base reaction is I just go with Zeto because Zeto was my first rider. And, you know, if I had my druthers, I'd just walk around dressed up like Zeto all the time, going to the grocery store, etc. But, you know, because that head would be produced and figure arts tend to have fairly similar ball socket sizes. You can't, I don't care about your rules. After I get my head sculpts on, on, a, on some figure, I'll then go get a brawly and stick my head onto brawly. Cause it would be funny. Like my little tiny head on a big, stupid brawly body. That's a Dragon Ball character. Mm-hmm. This is what I'd look like if I didn't like pizza. That's right. <laughs> uh, and my extra expressions would unfortunately be based on my future plan to stick it on. I don't want it to be on Brawly because I don't want to buy that figure. I just want to find one without a head. But I want my expressions to be like neutral and then ah, and also like tongue out like, Bleh. and then a little one of me like, huh? 
And that that would be my uh, my expression pack because I think those would all look really funny on a on a big dumb brawly body. Are you just trying to go through all the like phonetic basics so that then you can just stop motion you speaking? Exactly. But I also want my eyes to always be in this exact same fixed position, so everything's like got that kind of unsettling, stupid looking uh, you know freeze frame while someone's talking kind of aesthetic. Um. Anyway, the actual Transformers question Carito sent in is, uh, what Transformers toy would you like to see have a robot version of your face? No headmasters. Uh, personally, Carito would love more reasons to own the Teradive mold. <laughs> so Teradive. <laughs> or a new headmasters because these are my questions and I can do what I want. Uh, so, uh, TJ, just bouncing right back to you. Uh, robot version of your face. What Transformer does it go on to? I was going to say there's already a Transformer that has my head. and It's creepy. Yeah, it's an Animorph, too. So it's, uh, That's it's, it's tertially work. a Transformer. That still counts. It yeah. had Transformer on the package. Okay? It's true. It's true. Mm, that's a. That's actually kind of a good one. Like, I'm trying to think. Like, because that, that, that's counterpoint to, like, you know, if I want to see my actual head on something, then it's going to be, like, something like, oh, I'd cosplay that if I could afford it. So this is this piece of plastic will have to do. Um, God, I'm trying to think. Give it some more thought. I'm just going to quickly yeah, see if Aaron has an answer ready to go. Hmm. Oh, no. He said, hmm. I'll fall back to an earlier conversation that we've had and go with Blaster because that's what just came to mind. You just want to be chilling out. Would you have the helmet on? Uh, That'd be the option. Okay. So you could take the helmet off. It'd still be a robot version of your face. You'd have all that creepy, like, on the actual Blaster Titan Master when you have the helmet up and there's all that weird, like, forehead greeble. Yeah. Just have some of that. Yeah. With a, with a robot goatee. Yep. And would, would the San Diego Comic-Con variant be a robot mustache from when you partly shaved? Yeah, no. It'd be completely clean-shaven and a slick dome, not the forehead greebles. But there needs to be some outlook. Okay, what is the venue where, where we release the mustache Aaron version? Uh, that's TFCon. TFCon exclusive? And, okay. it, and it would have some sort of suggestive name. Uh, because it's TFCon. With the uh, old classic TFCon exclusives. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to think of something. I'm just like, his name would be Penis. Because that's... Pro- you know, pro- probably. That's, yeah, that's where yeah. we're at. Um, well, I, I have a, I have a quick answer for my own. I was just looking around and I was like, you know what? There's plenty. I mean, again, I just eventually remove the face sculpt and start sticking it onto other things. Uh, I kind of want to see what my robot face would look like stuck on a movie bone crusher, like just wedged in there, you know, in the middle of that massive hatred and violence. And that could be neat. I'm saying that because I'm probably somewhere, even though it wasn't written down, I'm probably not allowed to say Omega Supreme. So I'm choosing not yeah, to because I mean a, that's that's the default thing. I'm a sporting like I, I, person. I, I, I immediately thought Star Saber. Like, no, don't. Bad. Would you take a faceplate though? I mean, well, then it's not my face technically. That's right. What if it was Star Saber where it's your face on Saber, and then you just put the Star Saber hat on when you get big? Well, like. Well, he said no headmasters, but that's that's a that's, brain. That's a brain master. That's a brain that's master. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That that's literally just my face, just like flying into the helmet. 
Yeah, and then and then your face could also be on uh, the Road Caesar guys. So you could trade around, right? I found the loophole. Yeah, we did it. Uh, by the way, my other answer is Omega Supreme. You can't stop me. All right, I just rewrote the rules. I'm doing like hand motions. Uh, well, that brings us to Riddler 87's question. Um, it is off topic, but whatever. I don't care. It's still a question. A few years ago, Riddler 87 started to pick up a few Marvel Legends a year uh, because, quote, I wasn't giving Hasbro enough of my money. After a few figures, I started to mainly focus on Spider-Man and his related heroes and villains since I grew up with the 90s series, uh, cartoon series. However, I have never bought a whole wave of figures and have never completed a Build-A-Figure, and there are four Build-A-Figures I would like to complete, Sandman, Rhino, Lizard, Kingpin. However, I am trying to figure out the best way to get those without buying the whole wave. I know that I can either buy the parts of the complete figure off eBay... But I'm wondering if there are other ways, like a part swap forum online, or another way I'm not thinking of that might make it easier to get the parts, or should I just try looking at other Marvel toy lines to fill in those spots? Uh, also, any stories from anyone on the show about completing a Build-A-Figure, and did they have to jump through hoops to complete it? Uh, that's the off-topic question. Uh, I actually have a quick answer for you there for the first part, unless you guys have, like, TJ Aaron, cut in if you, if you know better. Uh, I want to say I've seen parts, like, like Build-A-Figure part swap threads on places like Foosh, and other forums that are based on Marvel Legends and and the like. I was going to say, I I know that I've seen people on like Twitter, Facebook do that before too. Of just yeah. be like, hey, I've got you know, I've got half of this. I'd really love to fill it in, but I also have like three out of f- five parts of this other one, and would willingly trade these three parts for that those two parts. So yeah. I can have the one that I really want complete. And I feel like customizers who buy figures for customs are ending up with excess Build-A-Figure parts, probably. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you just put the word out there, I feel like it's feasible to track that stuff down. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's, I can't it's see It's definitely something that's going to be involving some legwork. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like, if you don't want to do the legwork, you can absolutely just, like you said, like you can just pick up the parts or the figures on eBay as well. So, you know. Depending on, and I really, um, and um, I really feel like that's a place maybe that could use uh, like a math swap system. You know what a math swap is? Oh, I thought you said math. Do you see math swap or mass math? Swap? Math. Now like, I thought you said meth swap, and I was like, wait, can we no, talk about this? No, no, <laughs> this. I know I'm in Indiana, but Whoa. no, a math a math swap. Um, it's where. So, like, at Gen Con, there is a big math swap of board games where you put into a spreadsheet or to a website and you say, hey, I have games X, Y, and and Z, and I am looking for games A, B, and C. And then somebody else comes in and says, I have games A, B, and C, but I'm looking for games D, E, and F. And somebody else has D, E, and F and wants X, Y, and Z. And so then there's a a time and place that everybody gets together and you know you 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 set equivalent values of of board games and then I'm not trading with you for the board game I'm trading with TJ for what he has but then he's trading with you and oh so it gets to you so it gets to you and everybody everybody brings something into the pool and everybody gets something out of the pool. And it's all relatively equivalent. Yeah. So I am you know, almost certain I've seen those set up at like uh, at, at larger, more general conventions. 
yeah. for build a figures. I know I've seen like a build a figure trade bin. Um, so yeah, I, I think you can find that. I think you can find that stuff. But going to the question that's based off of that, uh, do either of you have any like stories and, and hoop jumping <laughs> tales about completing a build a figure? No. Uh, I've never actually been into any toy lines that had a build a figure option, with the exception of Transmutate. Yeah, that's and, that's the only uh, one I can think of. Uh, and that was yeah, not that, a terribly great build a figure. Yeah, and but the the story of hoop jumping was I had to go to Toys R Us three times. Woo. Yeah, like so, you bought the wave. Or, yeah, it's not a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought the line and got the build a figure. <laughs> I kind of have one. I the very first build a figure, the Sentinel. I was obsessed with with finishing the Sentinel. Mm-hmm. It took me over a year and a half to finish the Sentinel, and I was trying. Uh, and I was jumping through hoops. I was going to Walmart, Toys R Us constantly, trying to find like I can't remember who it was I was missing, but it was like I just could never find one or two uh, of the figures who had Sentinel parts. And I remember the night I finished the Sentinel, that was like one of the best feelings I've ever had. And I never did it again because <laughs> then they started doing build a figures more regularly and none of them ever impressed me like the Sentinel did. Um, the Sentinel, the, the original Marvel Legends Sentinel is a toy I've almost sold many times and I've looked at it back in, in, in BC on the West Coast. Uh, I'd look at it and I'm like, no, you're too perfect. You're staying. I can't get rid of you. You're my true. I call a lot of very large toys my son. the The original Build a Figure Sentinel is the legitimate my son of the big large toys. Like that's that that is that was a tale, and it wasn't even mm-hmm. an interesting one. It was just I kept having to look. That was the story. Um. Anyway, there's a, a little on-topic question here from Riddler eighty seven as well. Uh, TJ, I'm going to just ask you it directly to see if you're a good person or not. Okay, I I will warn you of disappointment. Uh, actually, I misread this, so it's not a good person. I'm going to reword this slightly to make it a good person question or not. Uh, if you had the opportunity, uh, do you think there should be a little, a uh, little buster dog figure to go with a thundercracker? Uh, in a heartbeat. Okay, good. You're a good person. Uh, the question is actually, are you planning to get a little dog to go with siege thundercracker to be buster? And I missed some of those words in there the first time through. See, if I was going to do that, it'd be like, if I wanted the set... Like it would be, uh, it 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 probably have to be the Combiner War Thundercracker because that's the yeah. IDW design. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Siege Thundercracker hasn't met Buster yet. But here's the thing, it has to, it has to be Buster, and it has to be Marissa. I have to have the family together. Yeah, you can't just yeah. You need the family. Can't break them up. Yeah, they they those three are a unit. They go together. Uh, quite frankly. We deserve a masterpiece. Like, I don't think we're going to get it from Takaratomi anytime soon. So we deserve a third-party masterpiece. IDW, end-of-the-era Thundercracker with Buster and Marissa. Because, I mean, they are technically like the, you know, they're they are sort of the main characters of IDW uh, Phase 2, quietly. They're not, I mean, in my mind, they are. I'll uh, sign that change.org petition. Yeah, thank you. Then, then that means it has to be done. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, that leads us to our final set of listener questions here from Sosuke Sagara. Uh, that's the board username uh, who says, uh, hi, Servangelist Knights of TFW, Star-Lord Sue here. Um, so this is one of those cases where I said someone's username and the username was completely different from their, 
identifying name. That just happens sometimes. Uh, relatively new listener, having started since 544 and now working back in time. Oh, no. Uh, Cur- don't do that. Currently on 454, <laughs> and it's funny hearing you guys talk about stuff you still want or are predicting with the knowledge that a lot has come true. Uh, having binged pretty much all of your videos, bar the re- uh, reviews over the course of a month and a half, desperate for more content. Uh, that's a live streaming gag of mine. Have enjoyed all the conversations I've been about collecting in general, as the stuff I've recently been going through as well, and so heartening to hear it being put into words with issues I've been working through. So enough introductions. I have some questions to ask the Brain Trust. Question one, what are your hopes and expectations for the Commander class? That would be the Jetfire uh, class. And if you were to lay out how the Commander class is being used going forward uh what would you uh do how often would you have them uh do it and which characters would get the commander treatment uh personally i don't know if you guys are i feel like commander should stick to a once a year like titan Mm -hmm. i like the idea of now we just have a really big and a kind of big that happen in the summer yeah as long as the quality stays where Jetfire is i could see commander maybe being two in a line with Titan being one in a line, for sure, for sure. I just but I, it, it'd need to be something that's like well thought out versus like uh we got to make another one. I just it feel definitely like be, it should be a thing that like if you're going to do it, oh, excuse me, you you pick a good option, you do it well, and you do it kind of the uh <laughs> like Nintendo game style of we're not releasing this, we're not putting this out until it's right. That, that's also why I kind of want Commander to just be one a year so that like Titan as a one a year is such a focused piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like the idea of now we get two of those and one of them's a little bit smaller and like, yeah, like stick to that almost like I, I think two Commander does make sense. I just feel like it would it would l- start to just turn into leader but tall at that point. Yeah. Um, that's where maybe maybe not two a year but like one every nine months yeah or two a year but one of them's the retool like like let commander get to have a retool redeco the the way that titan doesn't always get to maybe um i don't otherwise yeah like i agree with you i think that they're kind of like Jetfire. you know i don't have one but it sounds like Jetfire is you know hitting a lot of good bullet points as far as a taller leader style toy that has a bunch of extra Titan style gimmicks attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like it's working out. TJ, I mean, you also, you and I are both in the, we don't have Jetfire clubs currently, but uh, have you got any, any other things you want to throw in about that price point? I've been kind of struggling to figure out what else they would do with that price point, considering, you know, there's not a whole lot of characters Jetfire size. Yeah, I'm thinking just like fictional big boys. Like if if they were to do a Thunderwing, I feel like he'd fit in there. Or Thunderwing, you know, Thunderwing might work. Hopes what and about dreams. Like a good Sky Links as Sky and Links. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that almost feels like that could actually work as Titan, but wide. Mm. Yeah, maybe. What about like to me? Commander class also feels like hey, you know, hopes and dreams. Maybe that's where they do a Tarn. Don't yeah. do that to me. I'm just saying but hopes al- and dreams. But also, <laughs> like, the other side is, that I was looking at it with of, like, so much of what's going on is G1 nostalgia trying to go for an IDW nod. Like, that'd be a, an extremely risky place versus something like, you know, a 
like I said, a, a Skylinks or... You build up Tarn what? for the next year. Uh, in, Nobody in... knows who the heck Tarn is. Well, we have a brand new Man. comic continuity to do it. We have a TCG that's ready, it's, rare it's to go. Com- it is comics. Is that what the, the, the cartoon was? And The current and... comics are so literally Siege, though, right now. Like, well, I know. <laughs> like right I'm, down I'm to just... the, the designs, you know? Uh, I'm just rolling back to a Mr. Adult Businessman. Uh, yeah, that's that's where you know you take the risk because at that you know in a year or two we'll be at the point where we can go like, hey, it's the soon we're going to be able to say it's the 10th anniversary of the DJD showing up, aren't we? Like sometime in the early close, yeah, early early 2020s. Like <laughs> it's going to have entered just enough of an area where they can take a risk, similar to taking the complete non-risk on doing barricade but making them a prowl repaint. You know, uh, and I don't know. This I'm just spitballing, but I I think there's yeah. like if Commander sticks around, I think it it just it opens up the opportunity to be able to do a higher end figure that also isn't a city bot, you know, mm-hmm. um, or a, a massive combiner. Uh, yeah. There's a dream in my head that one day we'll actually get back to Beast Wars, and that can be some of the the super talls in that series. Oh, like an Inferno? Well, no, I was thinking like Tiger Hawk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Modernized Tiger Hawk or even, you know, Dragon Megatron at Commander Class. Dragon Megatron, I would definitely take at that size. Yeah. I, 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 you know, the, the current thing is there's lots of G1. We don't even know necessarily what the idea is for parts two and three of War for Cybertron. What if part two is Rise of the Beasts, even? Like, here's where mm-hmm. we're going to put Beast Wars in. You know, we'll we'll find out, but going over to question two. What, if anything, can be learned from the at the time failure of the Supermax crowdfunding campaign? That being uh MMC, uh one of their designers, Rick, who is a super cool dude, uh showed an IDW Fort Max design and the crowdfund almost made it, but didn't quite make it. Um so the question is what can be learned from that crowdfunding campaign? Lack of clarity in communication, too high a price or too complex a design, or is there not sufficient demand for an IW Fort Max to make it worthwhile? I think that uh, too high a price or too complex a design would take away the entire purpose of that campaign. That is what was exciting about that that figure design. Uh, which, by the way, now that this question came in quite a while ago, uh, I believe they have made overture that they are still pushing towards figuring out how to actually put that figure out. Uh, and if you don't know about it and you like IDW Fort Max, go find uh, Rick Acker's uh, posts showing some of the CAD videos. Like there was some some f- like flame toys tier ideas going on with how some of the workings in that figure were uh, interacting. Uh, it was super cool. And I really say check it out. Um, I think if anything, it just says like currently like and I think this is a pattern we've seen in crowdfunded third party figures uh if it ain't g1 g1 it just doesn't seem to catch enough interest to achieve whatever the minimum is that companies producing it are looking for right. uh you know you can cite a whole bunch of things you can cite this you can cite how uh that that galaxy force starscream only happened after kind of a crowdfunding thing that didn't necessarily work out until there was an even louder push done and some kind of leeway put in uh, whereas Make Toys did a crowdfund for a Sunstorm redeco of their G1 Seeker Masterpiece type figure, and it happened. Mm-hmm. It happened, and now they're doing one for the purple one, and people are all excited. Like, the big money whales of that customer base are also still the ones who just wanted, they're like, I want to finish my shelf with animation models! And unfortunately, they seem to have the loudest wallets. Uh, 
And I think that's still holding back that entire sub market to a certain degree. Um, I don't, I don't think that Supermax uh, necessarily did much wrong other than, yeah, like there was, I think there was some, some communication, um, not even clarity, just they, it felt like communication dropped off a few times as tends to happen with a lot of crowdfundings I've noticed uh, at, at what I would call kind of critical moments. Uh, and I'll, I'm saying all this in hindsight in the critical moment, I was not able to identify that this is like after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, did, did either of you guys keep up with that crowdfund thing? I, I didn't. Um, I'd say frequently I, I've seen plenty of like other things, board game crowdfunding things that have failed. Um, a lot of times it's just about like traction on the idea and the like public's willingness to, to believe that something can follow through. And in a case of a toy, unless there's a already solid embedded market for it, like as as much as you can have a couple of um real like brand devotees that want to get your idea out there if it's not something you know again as i was saying with our with our commander ideas if it's not g1 man you're going to have a hard time selling a thing and and if you're not selling it to the masses it's going to be really hard to to make a profit or make a crowdfund happen because you know you got you people got to get paid people got to eat well yeah i mean it also like you have to pay for design etc yeah um <clears throat> they're, they're like and you know good crowdfunding campaigns lay out those costs uh mm-hmm. you'll see that's another pattern you'll see um tj just quickly did you keep up at all with that that idw fort max crowdfunding thing or was that kind of off your radar i'm just la- now learning about it all right uh hey more frequent communication might have gotten it out farther, so one more person might have learned <laughs> yeah, maybe, about it. Maybe communication. Because <laughs> uh, also, I found a lot of the communication about it, it wasn't bad, but it was also a little insular. It was inside the third-party buying community, and it was inside the MMC fan community. Um, and it, it got pushed out there here and there, but it was kind of relying on on signal boosting. And I honestly don't know what else to have done. There's no real way. You can't get IDW to retweet that, obviously. You right. have to figure out how to make an overture where that gets out to a crowd who are otherwise not aware of it. Um, and then this is actually bouncing right off of some stuff we've been talking about. Question three. With third parties working on IDW designs and the small bone we got with Titans Return Chrome Dome's uh, IDW style head, does it? Uh, why does it seem uh, like it only ever really goes one way? IDW shifting designs to meet the toy designs and not the other way around. And uh, why do you think we're so bereft of official IDW style toys? Surely an official DJD or Star Drive would do gangbusters. And this is, again, before, I believe, the new continuity started. Uh, so IDW2, everyone's character model is like Siege toys, if they have a Siege toy. And right. uh, I've actually seen some pretty... I, I haven't dug into this at all. I just think this 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 hypothesis sounds real uh, feasible to me, that perhaps it was seen that there were a number of unofficial companies making money off the fact that IDW designs were not getting toys. So what if the new continuity has the designs base themselves off of existing Hasbro toys that are already on the way out, thus closing the loop somewhat. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that sounds unreasonable, but um, I think that part of the reason why we didn't get a lot of it is that IDW comic designs were being made uh, at a pace that was f- what I would call faster than what we know of the current toy design pace. 
So mm-hmm. it's more you'll get those bones thrown in or you'll get the, um, you know, the skids deluxe or the the legends. Um, uh, my first blaster. What's his name? Swerve. Uh, because they can like fit their way in because they were popular right at the top of phase two. And this was like, you know, a year or two after the top of phase two. Um, right. But uh, here's I'm going to throw in something that is somewhat running against the uh, the adult in the room mindset, because we are also talking often about generations, which has no media for the most part that is on TV. TV media is cyberverse. Um, I think there is a way where if you just present, for instance, let's just say Star Drive, I think Star Drive would be an easier one to do than the DJD. Uh, <clears throat> just present that character confidently as a new addition to G1. Uh, don't make the, don't make that the selling point, but just present them as though they've always been in G1. A lot of those IDW uh, Phase 2 characters, I think, work that way. Or if you just tell someone, oh, this is a modernized G1 character. And if they're like the Joe Public who need that G1, they're going to be like, oh, okay, sure. You know, yeah. like, like Star Drive and I think several of the DJD, obviously not all of them, would completely work that way. If you just say... No, this is, uh, you know, updated G1 Tarn. This is updated G1 Star Drive. You're like, oh, okay. Because at mm-hmm. their core, like, DJD that I think would work would be, you know, Tarn. Uh, basically, anyone who doesn't turn into a weird thing. Sorry, electric chair <laughs> guy. But uh, Tarn is the one I think I would focus on, really. Um, and then maybe one of the two big guys. Um, but, like, Tarn and Star Drive. I, Star Drive, I think, is just... Star Drive, Tarn, Aileron, and Centurion are four characters who would completely fit in to Generations if just put in there. Unfortunately, yeah, tweaked a bit to be a little G1-ier in their in their edges, but I think they would fit in in a way that would be satisfying. Uh, full-on IDW style, also to a certain point, is that they they are so detailed. Like, they don't... I don't think there was a way to really do some of them without tweaking them. Um mm-hmm. Because, you know, folks like Alex Milne did so much hard work creating these really detailed and intense character designs that are, you know, like, just hard to realize in the physical without being expensive. But uh, that, that's my belief anyway. Like, that, that's the, Aaron, that was a little bit of a response to what you were describing in that previous question. But I looked ahead and I was like, this, this actually fits in really well here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it is, like, I don't think we need the IDW toy line necessarily. I think compromise is necessary, but I think that satisfying renditions of those characters that remind us enough of that IDW uh, version more so than, you know, a a head sculpt being put onto Chrome Dome. I think that's all, that's all feasible uh, in a way that would work in the context of generations for what it is. If we're having brunt in generations, I feel like we got room for this stuff uh, in my opinion, but Aaron, what's your opinion? I I wouldn't disagree with really anything you said. Um Yeah, I I I could see that if you had a shift to bring it closer to when we're talking that you know the apparently more more successful or at least more used <coughs> options have been things that are very G1 themed because, you know, just the the timing of the cycle of people that were into that um yeah thematically and you know that's the the certain age group that now is at another round of disposable income 
you know, aiming for that the way that I, I figure if those cycles stay the same, we're probably going to be seeing Beast Wars here sooner rather than later. I um, have such worries about that just because Beast Wars inherently is a harder one to gel together. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I, I'm always... I don't know if we'd necessarily see a Beast Wars line, but I could see more Beast Wars related... You know, maybe half of the line is bestial. Yeah. I mean, granted, I'm saying this. Cheetor is clearly a massive operating main character in the new season of Cyberverse. Mm -hmm. So everything I just said is also is is facing off against that. Right. Right. Uh, They're they're like Cheetor. Like, have you guys seen some of that? Like that new Cheetor figure, the, the photo that went around with the armor up thing and like that trailer where he's like the. What is it? He's he's like a, a, a weird mythological character who oversees the Matrix Bearer or something. Yeah, you mean the 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 plot of Optimus Primal from the Machinima series. Yeah, except that they've given it to to Cheetor in the series that's going to be ostensibly on TV. Uh, like that's a that's a pretty friggin' strange and welcome push to me to like to push Cheetor and not Optimus Primal as well. Mm-hmm. Like Cheetor does not have the instant recognizability because you had kind of had to be around for a certain space of about four years and then Cheetor kind of ceased to exist for the most part outside of yeah but he was, he was supposed to be the kid appeal for beast wars yeah and then and it, then like, he it almost it almost feels suitable that in a series that pushes bumblebee as the main character that that's that's the one that you would encounter yeah and it gives me some hope that they are also laying the groundwork to to feel like they can, I mean, laying the groundwork to feel like they can safely lean into some beast stuff. But, yeah, and it may well be that Cheetor is a test case of like, how does the modern audience feel about animals? Yeah, are we, we going to have another truck not monkey riot? I mean, we're not. <laughs> it's it, people outside the fandom know that one now, which blew my mind and made me terrified. Uh, but uh. TJ, have you got any any uh, thoughts about like just you know IDW always kind of has to shift backwards a bit to to get into official toy lines. Um, I mean, not necessarily. Like it it is ups- like I, I there are still IDW designs I really wish we gotten official. I I don't know how we went so long without an IDW hot rod. But at the same yeah, time, yeah. <laughs> At the same time, it does make it easier to have representations. You don't have to wait for a third party to produce a Cyclonus with one horn or something like that. Like, it just looks like they do on the toy shelves, which I don't really disagree with that, generally. Yeah. And honestly, IDW, for a a while there, got way ahead of themselves. There were some characters that were... swapping out bodies pretty quick and like they did that they kind of did that with starscream to keep up with the current toy release yeah it's just like okay made it into a a character moment for him yeah well yeah well well, they made it his like like the 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 deep-seated part of his character that explains like why he is the way he is yeah so it was a really clever way of using it you know but it's still like he's he's just armada starscream for like you know nine issues for no reason yeah but uh they they did get a little bit out of hand with some of the with some of the redesigns like rc had a bunch of bodies uh like bumblebee kept swapping back and forth between a few 
So it's I, I I don't really mind when they get pulled back like this and they get toy centric because it keeps the character identity where it where it's at. And like, yeah, it has, it has a certain kind of suitable fluidity to it. Where it's kind of like the thing I was saying where like you look at them like if they did, you know, Star Drive and and made her a little bit more um smoothed out in certain like, you know, panel liney areas or whatever or removed some of the edge to make her fit in a bit more with like a, you know, a Siege Ironhide or something. If it's still if it's still clearly Star Drive, then you you know, in a fluid way, I still see Star Drive, uh, a character who is from IDW one. Uh and I think that's the important thing uh now at this point. Um friggin' where's Star Drive? Why don't we have a Star Drive figure yet? It's so simple. It's not. It's a triple changer. It's the antithesis of simple. But nonetheless. I'm slamming my fist on the table. We've been here for a bit. Um Question four is a quick one. Good natured meta question. Uh, we've heard tales about Aaron's doppelgangers and my own doppelgangers. Well, my doppelganger wasn't really a doppelganger. Aaron's had straight up people saying that they're Aaron. I've just had people who look like me. Um, mm-hmm. We've never heard of anyone claiming to be TJ or Seth. If not, why not? And importantly, what would a TJ and Seth imposter be like? Uh, and, and what characters would they have or odd quirks would they show? So keep this one quick. Um, just for TJs, I think it's only fair if TJ, you explain what your um, imposter would be in this scenario. I mean, it's, you you don't hear about imposter TJs because who would want to be me? Let's just be honest about it. Uh, I don't, I don't know what imposter TJ would be. I think imposter TJ would be like, I I see the idea as it's like, uh, what is it? They're, they're, they're inadvertently, I was seeing an episode, oh, Darn it. I can't. Okay. It, the show is not a swear word. It's not a swear word. All right. If I was talking about it on TV, the logo would pop up to show you some sort of swear word. Anyway, I was watching an episode of Shit's Creek and there was uh, a pseudo imposter, uh, David. And the idea is it's like, if you look at anything but the face, you think, oh, that's TJ. But then when we get to the face and the head, it's like, that is absolutely clearly not TJ. Something like, it's literally TJ, it's you. But then. From like the neck a body up, double. So yeah, it's someone with like a a buzz cut and a uh, a mustache or something like that. Okay, that's so, that's yeah, that's imposter a, TJ, a, a dude who raided my closet. Yeah, that's that's where someone keeps because it's everyone keeps thinking, oh, it's TJ because they didn't look. They saw they saw what they thought was TJ going somewhere, and then when you walk up right in front of them, like, TJ, I thought you just passed me. And you're like, what? And then when you look, all you see is turning around the corner someone wearing your clothes and you're like wait a second what's going on i think that's how this imposter situation works um as for imposter seth uh that would just be um games workshops duncan uh like you know another famous miniatures painter um but one who's british instead of uh californian like i think that's i mean i mean they they both do have miniatures up on gamesworkshop.com it's true um, I think the Seth imposter also would just readily, happily eat paint. That would be like the thing that gives it away. Wait, so like we, does Seth not do that? I don't think Seth eats paint. Oh. I, uh, I think I broached the notion to him once before I came around. I, I, I don't eat paint, by the way. I just lick brushes. It's different. Um, 
I don't have a way to end this. I just want to say Miniac is a mini painting YouTube channel and dude moved into full-time YouTube. And in the first video he did was literally eating paint, big gobs of paint. Like the joke was taste testing between cheap paint and expensive paint, but it wasn't licking a brush. It was like, you know, those, those sort of paddles that ice cream things come with like soft serve. Mm-hmm. Like one of those with just a big, like a like a a glob, like a a, 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 a is bigger than a pea. This glob of paint just puts it in his mouth, and like part of the joke, you can see his teeth changing color over the course of the the video. Man, if you've not been able to tell, like my throat is getting all scratched up from all the talking we've been doing and all the talking I've have been have to do in the last few days. This is not making it any better, man. I couldn't deal with watching it was what I, I was like, no, it's seeing that big glob go in and not come out. I was like, I can't look. I can't look. It's actually it's squicking me out. I don't know why. Well I mean probably someone would tell me because it's someone eating paint, but I, it just squicked me out real bad. I couldn't look at it. Anyway, that's uh, where do we go from this? We go to question five, right? Anything else for question four? Nope. All right. We all we all still on the train? Unwillingly. All right. Question five. Final question for this marathon podcast. Uh, quote, I've always enjoyed Transformers, but outside of reviews, I've remained on the periphery of the fandom community as some of the extremely intense conversations about scale, extremely specific color choices make me shake my head, which I admit is purely my issue and their concerns are valid to them, but to me, don't justify getting so worked up. I do enjoy other conventions for general pop culture and anime, etc. So the question is, would you recommend dipping my toes into the real life fandom with a specific Transformers convention? Since I'm in the UK, that would be TF Nation and I'd be the only one going and would know no one there. And how would you prepare for such an endeavor? as a newbie and how does real life fandom compare to online fandom your vlogs of old bot cons and tf cons make it look like it's a lot of fun uh okay so here's what i'm going to tell you if you've been it's a- hell i mean it's, it's not he's joking <laughs> uh if this is the thing that i'm going to say when i saw that you said you enjoy other general conventions for pop culture and anime in my experience those conventions are exponentially more intense than a transformers mm-hmm. convention as far as the people uh Transformers conventions remain some of the most chill conventions I've been to. Uh whereas a general pop culture convention, it's almost like the different fandoms resonating off each other get people to be even more intense and uh and maybe you know um uh unnerving uh as far as just like the sheer amount of energy going everywhere. Like it can be very overwhelming, I find. Whereas at a Transformers convention, when everyone's kind of there for the same reason, there's an inherent chill, I find, to to the general crowd. Uh, now, granted, I've never been to TF Nation, but I have a number of friends who go to TF Nation, and it sounds like it is a chill-ass chill convention. Uh, and if you don't know anyone who's there, there are a lot of folks uh, quite active on social media. They aren't literally hosts who are going to, you know, they're not there to, like, you know, lead you around and show you stuff. But I've seen a lot of very welcoming people who sound like they they either meet, like, briefly on Twitter because they're talking about TF Nation or they were at TF Nation. And they said, hey, you like Transformers? And then, like, because they're from the UK, like, yeah, mate, uh, I love the, the Transformers. Let's go get a, a cherry or something, um, whatever it is y'all do over there. Uh TF Nation sounds like even if you don't know anyone, if you just go there and and um and and walk around, even if you don't end up talking to many people, like it sounds like it is a very positive experience. Uh and then if you do want to reach out to anyone, like you can even go on Twitter and say, hey, I'm at I'm at, you know, hashtag TF Nation. Uh kind of want to hang out if anyone wants to hang out. Um 
you know, it might not like with all fish hooks you throw out there, it might not get anything, but it seems like TF Nation is is a very social convention that is welcoming to people who just want to hang out and have fun. Um mm-hmm. and have and have I I've seen them actively take steps to deal with potential toxic situations. Uh, so they, they very much want to foster that that sense of social community. So I I think that that would actually be the you're in a great position to go to your first Transformers convention, in my opinion. Um, so I, I recommend you do. Uh, but preparing for for your first one now before we hit hit Mister Mister and Mister Old Timey went to a billion bot cons. Uh, TJ, granted, you've been to like uh, several of your own conventions, Metrocon, etc., like many times. If you were going to your first Transformers convention, like what would you recommend to someone who hasn't been before? Uh, see, now I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember how I prepped for BotCon 2010, and if it was any different than prepping for a dozen Metrocons. Yeah, because like it, in a way, it kind of like if you if you prepare for it as though it's a general convention, you end up over prepared. Not in a bad way, but like you know, you get there and you're like, oh, I didn't actually have to worry about half the stuff. Yeah, yeah, like. It's hard for me because the way I've done conventions so for so long has just been like armed to the teeth, you know, like I'm you know like my own printed schedule of every you know this is where I have to be at four p.m. on Friday. This is where I have to be at five mm-hmm. p.m. on Friday. Yeah, I I do I tend to do conventions a very different way than I used to, but uh, just for first time, like if he's been to pop culture conventions, he knows like you know your your general rules, you know. You know, six six hours sleep, two meals, and one shower minimum a day. Yeah, don't uh, don't over don't you don't have to overdo the meals. Like you want to be light on your feet, but yeah, get, try to get you know six hours of sleep if you can, five if you gotta, but don't go to four. That's gonna hurt the next day. And uh, try to have at least one really good meal and maybe one light meal. Um, but if you're gonna have one really big meal, maybe make it the opening one so you have energy through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of, kind of bouncing off what you were saying about, you know, like, like over preparedness that made me think another important thing is you, you can't really do a convention wrong unless you, you are like, you know, taken away by the police while you're yeah. there. Yeah. So if, if you assault, feel like assault can make a convention wrong, but, yeah, uh, like don't, yeah. And, and clearly if you're already like tired of hearing people argue about scale, like you're not the one who's going to like get into a fist fight over whether rumble is red when rumble is clearly red. Um, that's that's a throwback. That's to, be throwback. Fair, to be fair, I, I don't think I don't think a transformer convention typically runs into the type of convention creep that would get arrested for like bad photos of girls and things like that. I mean, let me just also I'll agree while heavily knocking on wood because I don't want to be party to invoking that happening <laughs> at a transformers convention through Murphy's Law. But yeah, transformers fans like we you'll get you know the creep fan you'll get you'll get the toxic convention goer, but. It's so it's on such a, a lower level, and often it's one person at the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at TF Nation, especially, like they are they are pretty vigilant about making sure it's a fun and and healthy and welcoming atmosphere. Um, like I, as far as I know, anyway. Like I am kind of speaking third hand information here, but like uh, you know, there, there's so much less to worry about at a Transformers convention than at like you know at an anime convention. Like hey. I'll throw it out there. For instance, at a Transformers convention, and this is very specific, there there is, I think, absolutely no way you'd get someone hijacking a voice actor Q&A to demand that their favorite creepo voice actor actually isn't a sexual predator. 
that just there's no room for, there's nowhere for that to fit in in the Transformers convention and as far as I know Transformers conventions generally don't make time for that and thank goodness that that dude never voiced a Transformer so we never have to worry about it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but uh yeah like I, I just I, I feel so excited for you <laughs> like given the way that you led up to this question uh and and with your location like I just feel like this is a it's a I don't want to like give you over expectations, but I just feel like it's a good recipe for for a positive experience. And then an important thing, me and Aaron have talked about this many times, but like an important thing to remember too is going off of how you can't do a convention wrong, especially your first one. Uh, sometimes your first convention is the one where you kind of just sort of stayed to the background and floated around, whether you meant to or not. But it's always an upward swing. The more times you go, the more you know faces you recognize, the more people who recognize you and say, "Hey, I remember you from last year." Like, it's a, it's a, it's an upswing thing. Sometimes the social fireworks just these fire off that first time. Sometimes it takes like you know one or two or three goes. Like it took me, I, I would say three years before I started to really socialize at conventions. Uh, going to botcons, I went to botcon two thousand. It wasn't until like botcon o two or o three when I actually socialized with maybe more than one or two people. Uh, mm-hmm. and when it happened though, it just, it fired off because it ends up people get along when they're all in the same room and really enjoy talking about the same thing. Um, uh, I think almost more so nowadays, uh, with, with especially a fandom like Transformers. So, uh, in short, yes, please go. And, uh, Aaron, uh, going back to our good old convention prep mindset, what's some other early advice we can give? Like, let's assume bathing is assumed. Let's. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're going to say the, the standard assumptions of bathing, the, uh eat everything um especially for a transformers convention uh i think it's something that i've said many a time um you have a pretty inbuilt topic that you're probably going to have commonalities with anybody that's there it's not like so you know going to gen con that i have coming up after tfcon there will be plenty of different opinions on plenty of different things like Board games is a pretty, like, yeah, everybody that's at Gen Con is probably going to be cool with board games, but there's such a variety within that topic that you could rapidly delve into into places where you're out of commonality. Oh, yeah. Um, so just as far as, a, like, how do, how do I, like, open a conversation, like, you know, there, there's, there's Transformers. Um... You know, like you've already said, hey, there's plenty of ways, especially now with the social media world, to just reach out and say, hey, this is going to be my first TF Nation or whatever. Is there any there any panels that I should really go to? Is there any maybe local food places that are a cut above the rest? And, you know, maybe see if there's, you know, a, a, a board meetup or a reddit meetup or something that is is the first bit of social lubricant that you need in order to to get people together and out of their their just like insular i'm here and i don't know what to do holes um yeah and i i was i'll throw in again this is sort of old territory but i think it's worth restating now and then like just a quick one. When we do, like, we joke about the bathing thing, but, like, there there is a big part of that. You feel better when you, you know, mm-hmm. have a clean after. It's not It's not even about the, the kind of hackney joke of, like, oh, someone smelled like an armpit. But, like, humans 
generally like we feel better when we jump into the, the shower or the bath and then come out dry off and put on a fresh set of clothes like you know recently aaron you were talking about the thing like even middle of the day gonna go up change my t-shirt suddenly feel fresher mm-hmm. you know uh, and it's a personal yeah. feeling. It is, is irrelevant to how other people around you feel being around you. But like, and that is also depending on like you know, for TFCon at least, I, I'm going to have a room I can go back up to. It gives a decent reason to like, okay, I for you know the fact that you know we're we've done how many hundreds of podcast episodes and and a lot of times people just automatically assume that you know maybe I'm more you know, extroverted than introverted, man, there's times where I just need 10 minutes of just me by myself and for whatever reason. So yeah, the, like, I'm, I'm just going to run away for a little bit and do a thing. Uh, don't be afraid of that as well, because if you get yourself overwhelmed and, you know, into a place where like, I just don't like, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel good. I've, people I've overload. Had that, I've I've had that issue before at Gen Con where I'm running Robo Rally and I'm having to be very much on and realize that I was feeling run down, kind of like I had a cold or something. And it was a matter of like, okay, look, I've got to go. I just like went for a small walk around uh, downtown Indy just to be out and away from a bunch of that. And that was, that was enough that I could like, trigger past whatever was was getting me and and go on from there so it's definitely like not necessarily being anti-social um but just understanding where your like where your lines are and what your body's trying to tell you hey sometimes you know i got junk knees thanks genetics sometimes i gotta like go sit down and i'm not going to sit down because i want to get away from it but it's i'm going and sitting down because it's a taking care of myself thing or there's there's a um, very real social anxiety of just needing to have like i need you know i'm i'm my people meter has hit the top i need to go up to a quiet isolated room and like stare at the ceiling for a little bit mm-hmm. um and then you know that granted like you know our, our question asker has has stated you know enjoying other conventions and stuff so i feel like there's a certain implicit level of like experience with the crowd aspect of this yeah but uh you know and so this is sort of stepping away from a direct answer more of a direct or more of a general like this for anyone who might be going to a new thing and it's thing we talked about before for all the advice we're giving this is all not really because we we don't know so it's hard to take into account that there are also just different levels of social comfort and social anxiety present from person to person uh and and the best thing to say is for everything we're saying like if it doesn't work uh don't worry uh, it's not like it was an equation that has a definite outcome. Uh, right. and every, you know, everyone's got their own needs and their own, uh, sometimes obstacles in, in interacting with a lot of people. And so the risks you take, you know, there, there's risk and reward, but, uh, only take the risks you're comfortable taking. And some, and, you know, obviously sometimes you take a risk you're not comfortable with taking. That's like the big push step forward you need to, to find this wonderful moment. But, it's got to come at your own pace and at your own comfort. And, uh, yeah, generally I also say, you know, you best. Yeah. So like, you know, there may be people that, you know, I, w- I would say, you know, on the scale of, do I get recharged or drained by social situations for introvert versus extrovert, man, I sometimes play more on the introvert side. So me knowing that like, sometimes I just got to, 
I just I just got to get to my own space and get reset. But because I have to do that doesn't mean that somebody that that feeds on that like energy of, hey, let's get excited. Let's go do a thing as a big group of people I don't know, like, you you know you best. So, you know, if when you're flagging a little bit, if if what your body is saying is, hey, let's go do a thing, let's go ride on a, the, the, the water slide for two hours because that's what gets me hype. Like, good, good. Yeah. There's no, and there's no, like, you know, we've, we've figured out, for instance, like, uh, you know, Bacons of old, it was, how do we get all 30 to 45 people we know to in one <laughs> place to all go to the same restaurant at the same time? And me and Aaron, uh, I'm not saying we're the only ones. I just feel like we figured out, uh, quicker than other folks that we know that like, Hey, also, if we just, if we just go and eat something and then come back, mm-hmm. everyone's we'll happier. Have- We'll have more convention time than trying to hunt down. Oh, where did Greg go? Damn it. No, he said he had to go back up to his room to pick up something. Okay. Yeah. Well, now, where'd, where'd Alice go? Well, she had to run off to to get her wallet because she left it behind. Okay. Well, Greg's back now. Maybe, can somebody, does, some, does somebody have Mike's cell phone number? Oh. Yeah. And while you're doing that, oh, Jimmy, like, left while we were doing yeah. all this. And the, just to throw in one, th- one more thing, me and Aaron... Obviously, other people too. I'm just using us because we're both here. Uh, it's not just that. We also figured out how to really clearly imply that we're not trying to subtweet people through doing that. We're not mm-hmm. like throwing passive aggro out by doing it. It's just like we've we've made it clear that we don't mind being skipped over for specifically the food thing. Yeah. If there's a huge group already and that if we kind of skip off and do our own thing, we're not trying to make a statement or leave someone out or go like, by the way, you guys are doing with it us? because we want food sometime in the next two hours. Yeah. And and, and, and like, and we'll Boston be back. Pizza already has its <laughs> reputation. So, yeah. And, and we'll be back. We'll see you again when you get back. And in fact, if we all go for food places near each other, if we finish, we might just go into the place where you're eating and just stand next to you for a second. Say, what are you doing? You know, yeah. we'll just we'll walk into chop and just go like, no, we're not here to eat. We're just here to to, to harass these dumbasses. What's up? <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I'll, the last thing I'll say, all the stuff we're talking about with um, specifically like, you know, kind of the 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 human personal social aspect of things. Some of the fo- folks in the fandom I've seen talk the most about this in the last few years happen to also all be people who go to TF Nation. So. Uh, I just want to really reiterate your location means that you you have like like a great a great uh, first convention to go to. And then, hey, once you enjoy it there enough times, come on over to Canada, come to TFCon. We're pretty cool over here, too. Um, apparently, there's TFCons in the States as well. So I guess America's all right. Mm-hmm. But there's there's apparently twice as many in the States. Apparently. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's a whole lot. A whole lot this year in the States. Yeah. Uh but I hope that answers your question. As, as always, like, you know, we, like, at least speak for myself, but I know Aaron tries to, even if he doesn't admit it. We we try to be as welcoming as we can at conventions, mostly in the sense of helping folks feel more more comfortable. Um, you know, even though, like, we also end up having to run off and do our own things now and then. Like, we're, we are never going to try to uh, to figure out how to make you feel bad for what you're doing. Unless you're assaulting someone. In which case, yes, we're going to make you feel bad for it. If you steal from artists, we're going to make you feel real bad for it. We're going to take this 2 by 4 and smack you in the back of the... Mm-hmm. Did, did all that come out just now? I... Yeah, it did. Okay, well, don't do that. That's illegal. But also don't steal from artists, because that's illegal and worse. 
Uh, but anyway, I'm going to keep rambling because I, I get really passionate talking about the social contract and, and, and phenomena of the convention because I think it's really inspiring and wonderful. Uh, catch me somewhere else to talk about all that because I should really close up this podcast recording pretty yeah. soon. Uh, we used to do ones this long all the time. Isn't it great yeah. that this is more of a rare thing? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I have to drive also- to Tampa in the morning. Yeah, I have to drive to Toronto in the morning. <laughs> I still have to pack tonight. I have to get everything ready tonight and tomorrow. I, I have to pack, and I still have to find this SD card. I own way too many SD card cases that are empty. You know what? Here's here's the one nice thing about SD cards. They're small enough. Worst case, grab every single one you see and just put them all in a bag. And then just bring them all with you. It's a 4K camcorder. Oh it yeah, it needs a particular speed. You need the speed. Yeah, I mean, I could take the four gig card I dug out of the back of one of my boxes. Like, Record for a minute. <laughs> it says multi-use, so a you minute just, of footage and it'll be like choppy. Go travel vlogger style for this one. Just record a minute, offload, minute, offload, minute, offload. <laughs> Cut it together with jump cuts. Hey guys, this year for my Metricon coverage, I'm bringing back vines. Hey, you know what? If if no one else does, why not be the one to do it yourself? Uh, anyway, I hope I hope you guys both have good travels. Uh, I hope that uh, TJ, you have a good MetroCon. Um, Aaron, I mean, I don't hope you'll have a good TFCon. I'll just see to it. You know, we'll, okay. we'll deal with that. But uh, TJ, um, have a good time at MetroCon. Uh, whether or not everything works out equipment wise, like, still have a good time at MetroCon. I, I will endeavor as an order. Unfortunately, I have to lay that one out there. That's a that's a as, uh, as a commanding officer, I have to actually make that an order. It's not my call. It's the policy. Uh, as for the rest of you, hey, who knows when I get this edited? But in the off chance I edited it, like right now, uh, if you're listening to this on your way to TFCon, let me know you listen to it on your way to TFCon or at TFCon because then I'll feel better about having done all the work. Uh, but either way, um, hey, stay tuned for more Transformers talking. Uh, at TFCon, we're going to have some podcast roundtables. We'll see how we get those recorded. I don't have uh, a Jeremy to lean on, but we'll figure something out. Uh, I mean, there's still, like, several other people there who are all fully capable adults. I'm sure we, I'm just... Uh, I'm so self-centered. That's all that's happening here. Uh, Aaron knows about that. Um, and, uh, hey, you like the TCG? You should listen to some of those TCG podcasts we're doing. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, next episode will be the TFCon Aftermath. Probably out of a hotel room. We'll see what happens. But uh, in the meantime, all of y'all, take care of yourselves. Have fun. Stay safe. And uh, you're doing a good job because no one else can be you except for our doppelgangers. Add all that up. I don't know what the f*** it means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.